0: March 9, 2020. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of That's What G Said. I guess by the time most of you listen to this, it's actually going to be March 10th, Tuesday. But uh, recorded and put most of this together late into March 9th. Um, the schedule will I it's changed a little bit for the next few weeks We'll most likely have shows that come out Monday into Monday evening we'll Kind of recap the sports over the weekend And we'll cover the Sam Houston races For Tuesday and for Wednesday Because the next few weeks Sam Houston actually has another day of racing on Tuesday During the week, during the day So we'll cover the t- Sam Houston Tuesday and Wednesday We'll also do some interviews So on this particular episode We'll talk a little basketball Some college basketball And then we have a really good interview with Jonathan Stetton from Pass the Wire, the Pick 6 King, and with Andrew Champagne, the three of us all talk together about all the news that came out earlier today in the world of horse racing with um, all sorts of trainers, veterinarians, all sorts of different people throughout the industry who have been charged, arrested, um, indictments all over. We basically go through everything. We spend uh, about 50 minutes You know, kind of talking, getting our thoughts all out So you're going to really want to uh, tune into this interview And then we speak with Andy Villanueva about the Sam Houston Tuesday and the Sam Houston Wednesday races So a couple of uh, nice conversations on this episode Before we get into the horse racing side of things (laughs) Just a couple things to mention If you're a fan of Curb Your Enthusiasm Make sure if you have not watched the most recent episode, the the uh, season ten episode eight, Elizabeth, Margaret, and Larry. Please check that one out. I was just dying laughing. John Hamm is in the episode, and he is just hilarious. He absolutely makes it. Um, just the gist of what it is. He's he is going to be in a movie that's like loosely based on uh, a character that's like Larry David. So he wants to um, follow Larry David around. For the day and so he starts following Larry Around for a while and he starts mimicking him And he picks up a lot of his uh, Idiosyncrasies and it's just It's great it's one of the better ones uh, Of of this season so um, Season 10 so check it out if you're a fan of Curb Your Enthusiasm Let's do some some quick Hits in In the world of sports but we're Going to do those in just a moment After we hear a quick word from one Of our sponsors Horse racing fans and betters of all kinds We are very excited to be covering the races From Sam Houston Race Park here on That's What G Said on each and every episode They're broadcasting in HD They have bigger purses, turf racing Over there, but for me, the key Is that 12% low takeout On their multi-leg wagers Doubles, pick threes, pick fours, pick fives They are building a great program over there It truly is major league Racing, we have to give a big applause To the TTA, the Texas Thoroughbred Association, they've added new and Incentives And bonus programs for buying and selling horses So it's better for the customers And it's better for the horsemen in Texas Their social media presence has been bumped up You can follow them at SHRP Racing on Twitter And you're going to find morning training videos The Monday Minute Jockey interviews Or if you're not on Twitter You can find all the information at SHRP.com They're just working so hard to treat their horsemen and women And the betters right So let's give them a little bit of our focus A couple big days coming up February the 22nd is Texas Preview Day and the big day, March the 21st. That is Texas Champions Day. We'll be covering all of that action here on That's What G Said with all sorts of different interviews focusing in on Sam Houston. Make sure when you go to play the races, give Sam Houston a look with that ultra-low 12% takeout in the multi-leg wagers. A huge weekend for the Los Angeles Lakers. You know, I'm a big Laker fan, so obviously, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm gonna always be thinking a, a couple wins are big. But this was big. The Lakers beat the two teams in the league that they haven't been able to beat so far. Now they haven't played a couple other teams twice that they've they've lost to. But these were the teams that everybody said could they beat? Could they beat Milwaukee? Could they beat the Clippers? The Clippers have beat them a couple times. I think we could probably say that the opening night game I think you can kind of throw that out that was literally the first game of the year and both the Lakers and Clippers look a lot different than they they do now on the Christmas Day game the Lakers seemingly outplayed the Clippers most of that game and then the Clippers were better down the stretch because Kawhi isn't just an unbelievable closer and he was excellent that game and then in this game you had Kawhi he was okay uh, Paul George was very, very good The rest of the Clippers weren't really good Zubats was okay early on um, It was two teams that didn't really shoot the ball very well Neither team shot the ball well from three But LeBron, again, showed that what he's doing at age 35 is just absolutely incredible With these two wins, the win against the Bucks on Friday and the win against the Clippers on Sunday He is vaulted himself right back into the MVP conversation. And now that's the question we have to pose. Who's the MVP this year? Because right now, Giannis has missed the last two games. He has an injury and he's probably gonna miss you know, maybe a couple more. The Bucks have one less loss than the Lakers right now. After losing three in a row. So if the reason that Giannis was the MVP was because he was on a good team and they were just dominating and they had this unbelievable win record, well that's not really the case anymore. So here here are some of the the positives for LeBron. I think if you look at most of the numbers, and, and I gotta be honest, I think I think it is Giannis. But Giannis has been the better Player, his numbers and what he's done in less time on the court all throughout the year has been incredible. And the Bucks beat the Lakers the first time they played, so it's really hard to just look at these last week or two and what LeBron has been doing and and weigh that more heavily. But that is kind of what happens in sports, right? The bigger games get weighed a little bit more heavily, and this game is these games were a little bit bigger because they were later in the season. They meant a little bit more. Um, the Lakers are 20 and 0 this year when LeBron scores 30 plus points. The Lakers are 42 0 when leading going into the fourth quarter. LeBron is shooting in the last, since the All Star game, LeBron is shooting 77% on his free throws, which doesn't sound like a lot, but he was shooting like under 70% most of the year. And so he's improved in the last couple weeks. He was averaging five free throws a game before the All-Star game, before the All-Star break, and now he's averaging eight. So not only not only is he shooting better, he's shooting more from the free throw line. He's shooting better. If you've noticed, he's been taking a long time in between his free throws, really trying to slow things down. I know LeBron's a polarizing guy. I know a lot of people, you've rooted against him your whole life, so there's plenty of reasons to knock, to hate. What he's doing this late in his career has never been done. Only Carl Malone you, you, it, it kind of comparable what he was, you know, when he was producing this late into his career. And it's unbelievable. LeBron is leading the best team in the West. The Lakers have a huge margin now in the West. Nobody's going to catch them. And and let's be honest, I had a lot of fights with people before this season. Nobody, not one person, thought the Lakers were going to be the number one seed in the West. None. Everybody... LeBron can't carry this team, Anthony Davis is injury prone, LeBron's going to get hurt, they have no depth, they have nobody else around them, no one's going to step up, don't pretend like you were out there acting like the Lakers were going to be the best team in the West. Don't don't act like you were pretending like they were going to have the, the best record in the West because when I was making bets with a lot of people on who was going to have better records and where the Lakers were going to finish, people were telling me they weren't going to win 50 games. They were going to be just over 500. They were going to be vying for a bottom of the West playoff spot. So what LeBron's doing right now with his on and off numbers, when he goes off the court, the Lakers are just okay and in, many, in some cases not good. Now, they've improved a little bit because I think the addition of Markeith Morris and it seems like they're able to kind of fill their their spots a little bit better. It bumps Kuzma down to the three. It gives them a little bit more when he's out of the game. I think it's legitimate that LeBron's in the conversation for MVP now. LeBron LeBron is one of those players where like LeBron could be the MVP every year, right? Like Kobe was like this for a while, Shaq was like that for a while, Jordan was like that for a while. Like it's hard to say that they're not the the best player in the league every year. And when we see what LeBron's been doing for this team, for this Lakers team as of late, this weekend in gen- in particular, he looked he went up against Giannis he was the better player. He went up against Kawhi. LeBron was the better player. His last MVP was back in 2013. Is that you know you look at baseball like Mike Trout wins every year. Why is it different in basketball? It becomes it's a narrative thing, right? It becomes a narrative. So you know who's caring or who's overachieving or who's doing a little bit of something that we haven't seen. Or people kind of get bored with voting for the same person over and over. And that actually might work in. LeBron's favor this year because he hasn't won in the last couple years because we've seen Giannis and Harden and Curry and Westbrook we Durant it's been a while for LeBron and this, leading the Lakers back to prominence, taking a team that people thought would be good, but people assumed that the Lakers would be a team that was going to be really tough to play in the playoffs and they wouldn't really take the regular season seriously and that's just been the complete opposite I love Pat Beverly. They asked him about uh, the game, and he said guarding LeBron is no challenge. Pat Beverly, you're a punk. You know, I kind of wanted Pat Beverly on the Lakers in the offseason. I thought he was one of those guys. And I watch him, and I know he sets a tone for your team, and he plays good defense. He gets away with murder. The guy, he, you know, everyone's given, given six fouls. He gets about 15 they were talking about it on the broadcast too. Why is he not getting tech teed up when he's screaming at the referees and Danny Green and Avery Bradley are getting texts for just the way they respond? That's absolute crap. He's gonna get his Pat bev, you know he tried to come up and puff his chest out to LeBron. You act tough to the wrong person one of these times and you're gonna get yours. So I prefer being tough like that is fine, but you have to let your game speak for you sometimes and the the issue is, you know, he's not really out there producing, scoring points, getting assists, doing a whole lot. He's just kind of running around, acting crazy a lot. That's what Westbrook says, right? Um, I don't like Pat Bev's stuff. I do like, I like how he hustles. I like how he plays hard. But I don't like when he tries to do cheap stuff. Um, Paul George is awesome. If Paul George is that good, the Clippers, that's just the, that's the next level that they need. Uh, and he, this, that was basically the best performance we've seen from Paul George. Until the fourth quarter, he was kind of quiet in the fourth quarter But he was excellent through three quarters And Kawhi was okay Marcus Morris was not good He kind of shot them out of the game So now with the with the Giannis injury We'll see if the Lakers can make up the ground To have that best overall record in the NBA Sorry if you heard a little Milo in the background He had his four-month Appointment today. He's gonna to be four months on the twelfth, which is crazy. So we had a doctor's appointment, and the shots. So he had, he actually did really really well. Uh, he hasn't been too upset most of the day, but I think he was a little starting to get a little upset as the night the night settled in. So uh, he was he was trying to say hello in the background. Just wanted to check in, and make sure he was he was all good. So let me make sure to give the Clippers credit. Right, the Lakers won. A game. I think they won it impressively because I don't think the Lakers played very well. The Clippers didn't play well either. It wasn't like the Clippers played great and the Lakers played, you know, great and beat them. I don't think either team played their best. But that that to me is what what made me confident as a Laker fan because I think they also have another level or two to go up, and so do the Clippers. I just feel like these two teams are so head and shoulders above everybody else in the West, and then in the East, it's really it's it's tough. What is Boston going to be like with their young? core with Tatum. What about Toronto who's been really good in the in the regular season? Are they going to be that good if they don't really have a go-to guy down the stretch? Um does it will it matter? And then with Milwaukee, what we've seen with with how Miami was able to defend them and, and play them tough and how the Lakers were able to do if you force Giannis to have to make some threes and you force everyone else to beat you, can they do that? Can the 76ers, you know, get together quick enough to you know win a couple series and kind of live up to the potential that everybody thought they had coming into this year. You know, and then you look at the Rockets, the Houston team that you know have been trying this new look, no big men uh, style of play and they've lost four games in a row now. They got crushed by the Clippers and then they got beat by a couple of bad teams and they're dropped they they are down in the 6th seed right now. So right now in the West if the playoffs started today, it would be Lakers, Grizzlies, Clippers, Mavericks. That that's actually an interesting series. The Clippers are really good, but if Luca gets hot, he could carry you and win a couple games. The three seed is the Nug- Denver Nuggets. They'd be playing the Houston Rockets, and the four or five would be the Jazz and the Thunder. The Thunder—they just keep playing well. They've won three in a row now, eight and two in their last ten. And then in the East. The Bucks, the one seed, will be, would be paying, playing the Magic. The two-seeded Toronto Raptors would be playing the Brooklyn Nets. The three-seeded Celtics would be playing the 76ers. I don't like that matchup for Boston at all. And then Miami, the four-seed, would be playing the five-seed, the Pacers there. So, we'll check in a little more in a few weeks Um, in, in, when basketball is... Kind of winding down right before the playoffs And really start to dig in And then we'll do some post-game um, playoff games Some some nights when there are double playoff games Or two or three games We'll do some uh, post-shows afterwards And recap some of the games Find some guests on Because uh, for the next few weeks We're going to be talking a little bit About March Madness A little NCAA Before we get to some of the other Quick hits Let's hear from one of our sponsors. Just wanted to remind you About one of the sponsors Of That's What G Said Podcast Sarah Candle Company Visit SarahCandles.com C-E-R-A-Candles.com Use the promo code G-I-N-O For 10% off of your entire purchase These are all natural Soy wax candles They burn longer They are better for you Than the candles out there That have that traditional Paraffin wax I know the people From this company personally I've grown up with them My whole life They love candles And the goal was to, To have an affordable candle That everyone can Enjoy, use that promo code G-I-N-O My favorite is Fresh Roses, the Fresh Roses Scent is awesome, if you're a horse racing Fan, they got Del Mar in there, you ever want to know What Del Mar smells like, but you couldn't make it out there Order your candle right now, from Sarah Candle Company, the website C-E-R-A Candles.com. Dot com, SarahCandles.com, promo code G-I-N-O, for 10% off your purchase Just some, uh Little stories to talk about it throughout the uh, the world and the of sports. Tua Tagliovoa, the former Alabama quarterback, he has been medically cleared for all football activity. That's cool, Tua coming out in the draft. So medically cleared, we'll see where Tua lands and uh, what his future will be like. The NFL, an NFL Nation has put together a. Little article that talks about the some of the most likely destinations for Tom Brady, and if you had to guess, where would you think some of them are? So this one, this article talks about four different possibilities: um, New England, obviously, the Chargers, the Tampa Bay Bucks, and the Titans. They. Don't think that the Bears are ready to give up on Trubisky yet. Um, Don't think that Denver is the right spot. Not sure if Indy or the Raiders are the right spot. But uh, Dolphins, 49ers, they say no. But it seems like they've kind of narrowed it down to four. What do you think? Where do you think Brady ends up? I get the feeling he's gone. I really do. I think he's going to go somewhere else. I would not be shocked to see him out here in L.A. Playing for the Chargers. NCAA basketball game uh, Weekend, huge weekend And the rankings changed a little bit Kansas uh, still up top They are number one, Uh, Florida State has moved up quite a bit So some of the teams Kind of moving up the ranks uh, Florida State They're up to number 4 They won the ACC Regular season title Creighton's up to number 7 Michigan State's up to number 9 They tied for the, a share In the Big Ten and Big Ten Regular season With Wisconsin Wisconsin they're up to number 18 Virginia's up to number 17 And Villanova has moved All the way up to 11 Seton Hall lost A couple games last week So they're down to 16 Louisville dropped down Um Uh, Louisville has also dropped down a little bit And they're number 15 in the current rankings We had a big USC-UCLA game out here this weekend USC got the better of UCLA late on a game-winning shot from Jonah Matthews The Pac-12 bracket will give both USC and UCLA a bye in the first round so they both finished inside the top four, which means they get the, the, the single bye. And it looks like UCLA is going to be playing uh, possibly Stanford. And if so, that becomes sort of a play-in game between UCLA and Stanford, both teams who are are basically on the bubble right now. I, I think it looks like USC has kind of given themselves a really good opportunity to get in with their win. You have to think that unless USC were to get absolutely crushed or beat by 30 um, you know, by Washington or something They look like they're in In fact, in a lot of places They've kind of moved all the way up to the 9 line um, they're, they're like a 9 seed Which, you know, I'd, I'd rather be a 10 or an 11 seed Because then you get a chance to go down there And play the 2s and the 3s You don't have to necessarily play the 1s If you, you know, if you upset someone So, and what we've been seeing is The entire bubble is basically the, the Pac-12 Right, like the the bubble is is Stanford, UCLA, uh, Arizona State, uh, they're all right there. So we'll have Caleb Keller and Keeneland Dan coming on later on in the week because it's going to be a lot of college basketball focus right now. On uh, on that's what G said. So for Joe Lenardi, his last four buys were Marquette, Arizona State, Texas Tech, and UCLA the last 4 in which means they have to have they're in that play in game Stanford, Indiana, Texas and North Carolina State. So you can see there were three Pac-12 teams in the last eight teams that are in that are in the tournament. First four out, Richmond, Xavier, Wichita State, Memphis, next four out, Mississippi State, Tulsa, Purdue, UNI. and I. So brackets 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 over the next few weeks it is that time of the year. The coronavirus stuff is getting a little bit scary, too. All sports in Italy have been halted because of the coronavirus outbreak. Games in Serie A and prep events for the Tokyo Olympics. So, um, there's been a big widespread uh, coronavirus outbreak now in, in Italy. And lots of different things all over are getting postponed. We're also finding out that the NBA the NHL and MLB are going to be limiting locker room access from the media. They're going to be closing locker rooms because um, they want to eliminate non-essential personnel. So teams and people starting to respond through the coronavirus stuff uh, very scary stuff and, and just hope that, you know, just wash your hands, try to stay healthy the best you can. Let's get into yeah, let's get into the uh, the first interview This one is with Andrew and with John Stetton This will be our, our Pass the Wire segment As uh, John and I will talk about We're going to start doing these weekly segments With Pass the Wire That's what she said Pass the Wire edition Where it'll be John on We'll do interviews We'll have kind of, you know a conversation where we handicap the races And just kind of pr- talk a little bit about What past the Wire has been covering for the week So it'll be kind of something that we can look forward to Each and every week We'll get you more details and more plans about that But honestly, as this information about um, uh, The horse racing scandal And the trainers getting arrested and, and all this stuff came out we I just talked to John, We talked to Andrew And it was like, hey, let's just have a forum A little later on tonight And get some of our thoughts out And kind of talk, talk this all out and so a lot of people can hear what we're thinking and, and some of the people probably, some of you out there that probably haven't heard or don't even know really specifically what has been going on. So we spend about you know 50 minutes or so, John kind of lays it out, we go back and forth, we all kind of react, respond to different things that each other said. I really like this conversation, kick back and enjoy uh, this talk on uh, you know some of the, the things, the real ugly side of horse racing that we found out today. Uh, unfortunately, we're not surprised by it. But we, we give all of our thoughts and maybe what can, what we can do from here moving forward Enjoy this interview Scandal rocked the horse racing world on Monday, March the 9th It's amazing, we're recording this right now And it is uh, a little after 10 Eastern time And I'm um, going to bring in John Stetton first And John, we're going to more formally have... You know some kind of a weekly segment with Pass the wire and that's what G said where we You know do some interviews and we talk horse Racing and we have a weekly segment and we're going To set it up a little bit better in in the next Week or so but when this all came out We just kind of discussed with each other like This would be a good time to at least get some Thoughts out there because this is is, Kind of crazy so I'm I'm Talking scandal why don't you You do a little better job of kind of setting up Setting the tone and I want to let everybody know that Andrew Champagne is on the line with us also so the Three just gonna go back and forth and talk about everything that happened today. So, John, hello. Thanks for joining me. And why don't you kind of set the tone a little bit for everyone who might not have known the story?
1: Um, sure. I, I, I can't say I'd be happy to, but I am no. I'm more than willing <laughs> to because <clears throat> I don't. I don't know that today is really a happy day. Although I am, I am cautiously optimistic that possibly some good can come out of it down the road. Yeah. Um, I'm not. I'm not 100 sold on that, but. You know, as you uh, mentioned, there were indictments handed down today by the FBI and the um, U.S. Attorney's Office uh, against two well-known trainers, a couple of lesser-known trainers, a couple of veterinarians, and some, you know, other people involved. uh, Namely, the big names are Jorge Navarro and Jason Service. I mean, both uh, very well-known, very high-profile, and, you know, also very high-percentage trainers. Um, I can't say that this, you know, for anybody who's been, you you know, watching thoroughbred racing for a while, that this should really have come as a a surprise. What, What surprised me was that it's taken this long for something like this to occur and, and you know i go back a long way with racing i remember the race fixing scandals with a guy named tony Kiola um and con Errico, and you know there was a scandal you know long ago at naira involving the you know top riders in the country at the time angel cordero george velasquez and Jacinto vasquez eddie maple you know i, I went through all of those things and this i would say certainly rivals that um, you, you know, it was different today, you, you know, everything comes down to performance enhancing drugs. I've done a lot of research today on what these guys were using, what they do. Um, and a couple of things just jump out at me. One is, you know, the first thing that really jumps out is the just blatant cruelty and, and neglect towards the animals. Um, and when you get into a little bit more of exactly what they were doing and the effects that it has, Um, you'll understand what I mean by that. And the other is really the greed. Um, If we assume for the sake of this conversation, these allegations are 90% true, then the the greed in that these guys were doing it so so often with so many horses they ran um, is just mind-boggling to me. And, uh, you, you know, what really, really gets me is... You know, people say, "Oh, it's an indictment against these guys." I look at it a little differently. I look at it as an indictment against racing and how how we we run our sport. And 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 the reason for that, Gino and Andrew and and everybody out there listening, is you know, to me, when you have a race like the Kentucky Derby, and when you go out of the country and have races like on Dubai Carnival Night, you you know, and invited Dubai World Cup, and things like this are happening on those jurisdictions where they're under the most strict protocol and guidelines and scrutiny in the world, then what does it say about the everyday races and about how we're running our sport and who we have, you know, who we're allowing to compete in it. So, I I mean, it's, it's, it's disheartening, um, from that aspect for me. Uh, but I think that it's a positive step and I I think that a lot more is going to come of
0: it. So Andrew, let's get some of your kind of, and a initial big picture thoughts. Like you gave me a call early this morning when you saw this, like, and then we talked about it for you know a few seconds, and then I said, "Hey, let's just save this for later, and we can we can chat more about it uh, on on the podcast and record." So, what what are some of the big picture kind of first things that came into your head when you when you read all this this morning?
2: Well, my first reaction was pretty similar to John's in that I wasn't shocked. And I don't think anybody that pays close attention to racing or has over the past couple of years was shocked to hear who was involved and that there was some improper behavior allegedly going on. We have to use the word allegedly because nobody's been convicted of anything. Having said that, if you haven't taken the time to read the 45 page indictment, I would strongly urge you to do so. If even 10 to 15% of this is true It's bad, and it's worse than a lot of people could have ever thought possible. If this indictment is 100% accurate, Jorge Navarro was running a drug smuggling scheme akin to what Lance Armstrong was doing in cycling. It was a system wherein everybody had a role. They were actively sneaking stuff, in some cases, past international borders. It's just confounding to me how this went on for so long before anybody got caught, if, in fact, this is what happened, according to the FBI's four-year-long investigation. Now, the other thing that I would like to point out is, thank goodness the Churchill down stewards took down maximum security. Yeah. <laughs> Could you imagine the headlines, Kentucky Derby winner running on illegal substances? They're bad enough as it is, my goodness, had that horse not been taken down, what kind of a crisis are we looking at?
0: And, and John, what's what I think is kind of funny about what Andrew was, was pointing at is how, and we don't, we don't know behind closed doors. So you both were, I'm, I'm glad you both mentioned like alleged all this stuff. When, when we see it written down in the FBI reports, I, I mean, it, I'm just assuming it's mostly true. There's a lot of stuff that we've they, that these uh, unfortunately these two trainers have said themselves when they were under wiretaps like we're not even alleging some things these are things that they admitted from their own mouth. What what I thought, you know, one of the first things that I was thinking of was wow. Now, so the owners, Mr. and Mrs. West, are going on with this this, you know, attempt to fight the disqualification for so long in the meanwhile, Jace, Mr. Service, he knows that what he's been doing is not on the up and up. What kind of a relationship was that like John? And just like thinking about that, what if? Could you imagine if they would have said, "Okay, you won your appeal. You, you're not going to be DQ'd We're going to put you back up." And then we just find a few months later, maximum security. This horse, who just won this awesome race in, in uh, Saudi Arabia, one of the the biggest races we've seen, he might have not been a clean horse all along.
1: A hundred, a hundred percent true. Um, it, it, it just makes a mess of, of of everything, and it just shows, you know, really, you you know, the just unmitigated gall, for lack of a better expression, of of both service and Navarro, um, and everybody else involved, really. But yeah, no, it's 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 fortunate the horse was disqualified, although he was disqualified for something that has nothing to do with the allegations.
0: Yeah, which yeah, is. Um,
1: which is just a little ironic, you know, but, you know, I guess some kind of weird justice, but, you know, as, as, as both of you guys said, it's, it's, it's really a mess. And, you know, I find the owner involvement interesting. Um, And, and, and I don't mind saying this publicly Uh, you you know, the Wests have been very vocal um, about maximum security in the Kentucky Derby um, they had an opinion in the race. They filed a lawsuit that I thought they had no chance of winning. I saw the race differently and think the, the DQ was the right call at the time. I mean, that's really subjective, but that was just my opinion. Um, they saw it a different way and were very vocal about that. They've been vocal a, a lot about horses. I don't hear anything from them now except that we want to hear what Jason Service has to say. And my understanding is Jason Service is actually still in custody. In as custody, a yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and, and that's typical of a federal case. In a federal case, you, you, don't, you don't get bail until you see a magistrate. And, you know, that doesn't happen right away. It could take 24, you know, 36 hours or something like that. It certainly, you know, usually takes overnight. Um, so, you, you know, they're quiet. And then you have guys like Michael Dubb, who's on the, you know, the board of, of Naira, making a public statement or a statement to Bill Finley, where Bill Finley quoted him as saying... He's completely shocked and has to absorb all of this. I've got a hard time getting my arms around that. How can this guy be training you and this happened and you make the statement as 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 an owner and you're completely shocked? I mean, if if maybe I mean, I don't mean to be rude, but maybe if you're dead from the neck up, you can claim that. But if you're not, I don't know how you can say you're completely shocked. Um, You know, I, I could see him coming out and saying, hey, I don't believe it. Um, there's two sides to a story, there's more to it, something, but I don't see how anybody can be completely shocked. And the owners who, who were caught in, a, in a, a, uh, a transcript of a conversation that's you know, detailed in the indictment, I mean, they were, in my opinion, and I think it's hard to argue against this, they were encouraging and condoning what Navarro was doing with, with one of their horses. Um, and actually asking about it and then after doing so saying, oh, let's not talk about this on the phone. Well, you already did talk about it on the phone. Um, so I, I mean, it's really, it's greed, it's insanity, it's gall. It's just, you you know, everything bad rolled into one. And then you've got, you know, a poor 10 year old gelding that ran his eyeballs out. I mean, you can never question uh, the the toughness of a horse like X, Y, J, where this guy in the says on 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 a, on a transcript he stood in front of a horse's stall in Dubai and injected him fifty times with a substance that he knows can kill him.
0: I mean, it's, I mean, it, it makes it, you sick. It, it does really make you sick. sick. And I yeah. know you're someone I see if you follow you online. You're someone who picks up rescue dogs. You love animals. We're all in this. You know, you know, we're all in this. We we love the sport. We love the gambling aspect of it But we're in it, we love animals Andrew, I know you're the same way also This is just something that is, it's so sad And it's, its you know, we're picking out Like one thing at a time to talk about This is so layered And you know, we're discussing this Less than what this story's been out For about 15 hours, maybe, you know And things are just starting, to continuing to trickle out More and more and more and more What what I find um, You know Uh, uh, Demoralizing too. Andrew is Again who is the Who right now no matter what No matter what ends up happening Suspensions lifetime bans Eclipse awards getting taken away Any even purses that get Redistributed if anything like that ever were to happen
2: But who is the one group of people that are Always going to get screwed the betters Unquestionably And before we go further John I just Want to say thank you for bringing up the situation With Nanoosh. that Disgusted me The fact that an owner was deliberately going on a call making sure that a thoroughbred racehorse was getting a drug or maybe a king that the owner had to know could kill the horse. My goodness, how dense can you possibly be to be not just allowing that behavior, but encouraging it, which is a 100 times worse. Now, back to Gino's point. The stuff about betters getting hosed, absolutely. I mean, we have been in a situation as handicappers where, again, given the situation with these trainers, with a couple of others, depending on what circuits you follow, you know that there's probably something going on. Horses don't improve that much first off the claim simply by going to a different barn and a different feed program. We're not stupid. We know what's going on. It's a matter of us getting as fair of a shake as humanly possible. And this reinforced that over the past several years on a number of high-level circuits, that simply was not happening.
1: You know, I'm glad you said that, Andrew, because I, 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 I'll, I'll share something with you guys. I think I might have mentioned this to you before, Gino, but I, I was a professional player for a long time. And by professional, I mean someone who made their living by betting on horses with no, no, no nothing else to fall back on. I mean, if I didn't win, I couldn't pay my bills. Um, and I was successful at that for many, many, many years, which is something that there are not a lot of people that can say. OK, and I lived well. And, you know, a couple of years ago, I really scaled back. I I used to bet good amount of money every year, significant amount of money, um, you know, much more than the average guy. And I scaled back when the game started changing and uh, I, I felt that you had to figure, you know, cheating and nefarious actions much too much in everyday handicapping to have what I thought was an edge for myself. So I thought I was a smart guy. And I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to beat them at their own game. I'm going to scale back my handle. And now I'm going to bet 20, 25% of what I used to. And of that 20, 25%, I'm going to bet 90% of it on Kentucky Derby Day, on Breeders' Cup Day, on, on Belmont Stakes Day, on Travers Where State. they
0: can't cheat, right? There's no the, way they're cheating on those days.
1: Is, right. The playing field is level. They're not <laughs> cheating. And I got a good shot. Shows uh, what I know. Yeah. Uh, um, so to me, when I read in that indictment that you know Maximum Security was likely running on, on on performance enhancing drugs when he crossed the wire first in the Derby, and I didn't bet on him in the Derby, um, I bet on Code of Honor, who I still feel could have won had it not been a sloppy track. But that's a, a conversation for another day.
0: But- so Shug, Shug didn't like uh, Maximum Security. He's he's made some comments all along. He said you know they seem to have excuses. They seem to duck certain races, and and. The The trainers a lot of them out there It's weird because they're in a, a tough spot Because like someone Who's clean and who does it right And who does it the right way what do you do Because if you stand and point the finger At someone that you you know in your Heart you in 99% is cheating But you don't really have the 100% proof and if you just stand And point at someone you kind of come off bitter So I I kind of like some of these clean Trainers it's like you know it's very comparable to the, the steroids in baseball to me you know It's like you have some of these players who they don't want to say anything because they don't want to come off looking, looking like the bad guy, even
2: though they didn't do anything. Right. No, well, Chino, if I may interject really quick, and I don't mean to cut you off, John, I just got to okay. say, it's really good that we're in an industry where everyone is really, really good at taking criticism, isn't it? I mean, horse racing is just phenomenal (laughs) at taking criticism (laughs) and taking it for what it is and improving the game rather than killing the messenger. But on a serious note, no, you're absolutely right. And we're in a situation where, I got to tell you, if pressed, there's a very small amount of trainers that we can say with confidence are... Completely and totally clean and trustworthy. I mean, you look at guys like Mott, you look at guys like Motion. Those are the guys that are handling themselves with class and with dignity. And Motion came off looking really good on Twitter this afternoon with a lot of statements that he made. I found myself nodding in agreement with a lot of them. But it's a situation where it's a tricky landscape for a lot of trainers, many of whom are just trying to make ends meet because all of the super trainers are taking their stock.
1: I Yeah. Yeah. And uh, along those lines, Andrew, you know, I agree wholeheartedly what you just said. And, you know, one of the things I was thinking about when all of this hit is how many guys are out there, okay, that fall into that category you just kind of alluded to that are, are basically honest, hardworking guys, but feel pressured to push the envelope a little bit just because it's the only way they can survive and compete and they really don't have anywhere else to go. Um, and, and, you know, not to condone taking that route, but I could see the pressure that some of those guys must be under to, to, to try and just stay alive and compete with these guys that are really ruining what was, you you know, what's a magnificent spectacle of a sport when, when done properly. Um, it's, it's just really, really irking to me, um, that we're dealing with this and that. You know, this is what's been going on. Our worst fears, um, in the worst ways, probably, probably worse than we
0: thought. Well, many of us. And, and what, uh, what's unfortunate about this, and not not that there's ever a good time for a scandal or anything like this, but with everything that has happened in the last, you know, twelve to sixteen months or so, from Santa Anita with all the the horse deaths and just the public perception of horse racing right now. I mean, I don't. I don't know how many more big scandals We can afford w- right now I mean we're, we're starting to get to a point Where people in the, in the outside You know the public They're going to look around and go Okay there's horses that keep passing These obviously trainers are literally Shooting drugs and killing horses They're just silly fines that they get slapped on the wrist With a hundred bucks, 150 bucks 500 bucks sometimes Get, get out of here I mean w- we don't have very me- much of, of a margin for error anymore do we guys?
2: Gino, we talked about this a lot in a prior conversation that we had, but my goodness, a couple of weeks makes a big, big difference. And one of the things that's really been borne out over that time period is it really seems like horse racing is quickly being revealed as something where the people involved in it are making Faustian bargains literally every day. And it's something different, what seems like every single week. You look at horses breaking down. You look at the issues that Sheikh Mohammed is undergoing right now with the women in his life and how that reflects on horse racing since his money has impacted literally every single aspect of the sport. You look at issues like this. You look at the fact that horses just don't run as often as they used to. You look at situations like the one with patrick being Cohn, who some people say should have been banned for life when he got caught with snake venom now he's got two horses that are on the kentucky derby trail and will likely take betting action on the first saturday in may horse racing it seems can't buy good publicity right now and as somebody that's been a fan of this game for decades it's beyond frustrating and unfortunately not at all surprising
0: John, so one, one question for you and and Andrew, I'm sure you're going to want to give a, an opinion on this one after two. If you're Mister Dutro right now, what the hell are you thinking?
1: Oh, you, you know, I spoke to Rick a couple of days ago. Um, you know, I've been involved in, in in trying to lobby for him to get back. Um, and 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 you guys know, or at least I, I would imagine, can tell how I feel about people who cheat. Um, i do not believe that he was a cheater i think he was mislabeled um and i think he was made a scapegoat and um I, I mean i know how he feels he's he's devastated you know he he's devastated and you know really is at a point where he can't even understand anymore how what happened to him can stand when when when, when this is what's you know, truly going on and has been going on all the time while he's been sitting on a sideline, you know? Um, so yeah, no, the guy, he, you know, he's devastated. He's, he's, he's completely devastated by this, not happy about it. Um, cares about horses. Um, you know, these are things that I believe he would never do, um, was never, never, you, you know, caught doing except for the one incident, um, where those syringes were found, and now you've got a state steward that was a a, a a steward for thirty years that wrote every ruling at Naira during the time he was there. And like I said, he was there thirty years. He wrote every ruling, even the rulings under other stewards' names. He actually wrote them because he was the guy that you know was was you know commissioned to do that, or, or you know was kind of his 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 role. Um, saying that, you know, the needles were planted and they knew they were planted and they've openly discussed the fact that they were planted. Um, a, a, another major issue for the game, in my opinion. Um, you know, I think if nothing else, racing in the past couple of years have sh- has shown as an industry, we are not capable of policing ourselves. Um, we've had enough chances. We can't do it. We need either a a, an outside regulatory body and a commissioner and 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 a central governing system or we need the horse racing integrity act which will probably never pass and if it does it's years away um, but but we need something other than saying okay well now we're going to rah 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 rally and get together and we're we're, we're going to clean up the game or we're going to finally do some reform or we're going to make it better. I think that ship has sailed. In in all honesty,
0: we've been saying um, it for a long time, and there's been right? like you 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 named a few different incidents too, John. Like we this isn't the first thing. This isn't the first time. And as as we've we've all three hit on repeatedly, it's it's only surprising. When you see it written down, and it's surprising that these guys are now behind bars or they are they were in you know in holding for today, that's the only thing that's surprising about it. Nothing that that was said, really. like that doesn't surprise because we've seen it. We know we hear it. The betters are the are, are the smartest people when it comes to it. We all know because we're handicapping these races every day. We're looking at the figures. We're looking at the numbers going. Why did this horse improve five lengths? Why is this horse wheeling back so quickly and re breaking? You know, things that don't make a whole lot of sense. And I, I think what I've been the most bothered by, in you know, I'm a Dodger fan. We're seeing all this cheating that's been going on in baseball right now. And what bothers the hell out of me, obviously, it was, you know, it, the Astros and now possibly the Red Sox, the two teams that beat the Dodgers in the World Series. And What's the most frustrating about that cheating and this cheating right here, and I guess any cheating in general, is that I feel like if you're doing something wrong and you know you're doing, you're doing something wrong, why are you going to be so brash and out there and, like, try to fight the people who tell you you're doing something wrong when you know you're wrong? Wouldn't you just be quiet, kind of go about your business and try to fly under the radar?
2: Yeah, Gino, right. I got a couple of things here. First of all, it was one to nine that you would bring up the Dodgers at some point in the <laughs> conversation. So if you're listening and you took that bet, go to collect your money. Uh, secondly, with regard to the Rick Dutchrow situation, the one thing that I will say is this. If Rick Dutchrow got 10 years and 10 to 15 percent of what the FBI is saying happened is true, I never want to see the names Jason Service, Jorge Navarro, or anyone else in that complaint in the racing form as a licensed trainer at any track ever again. That's the standard that's been set. Live up to it right now.
1: I, I agree. And, you know, something that a lot of people don't don't talk about. It's been mentioned a little bit. But, you know, you mentioned these horses, you know, drastically moving up. And even the indictment talked about Shecky Shabazz um, moving up after service had him. And, you know, there was a, a, another horse. What's that horse's name? Mac- Manigone or Macalone that broke the track record in yeah. Saratoga last year off this off the service. McKagan. McKagan. Right. Um, you know, what a lot of people don't talk about is the flip side of that. What about when somebody claims off of them? They regret it if they even make it back to the gate, they run at a reduced level and regress tremendously. So they don't only really move up when those guys get them, they go straight down when those guys lose them. Um, so it's you, you know, it just screams of, 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 of PEDs. Um,
0: isn't it funny, John, that like. We, we it's hindsight's always twenty twenty, right? We know now, and we can easily go back and look. But isn't it funny that when all of us are sitting here going, "Wow, this sixteen thousand dollar claimer is in the derby!" Like, "Wow, this sixteen thousand dollar claimer is winning all these huge races." We don't really see sixteen thousand dollar claimers doing it. It was like we all had the biggest slap in the face right in front of us. We literally were all watching it go down.
1: I was at Saratoga the day that Shifty Sheik, the $25,000 claimer, ran slew of gold to a gold to, to a neck for Oscar Barrera. Um, this, this is not a new thing. Um, you, you know, it's been around in this game for a long time. And, you know, the tough part of this is that the cheaters will always be a step ahead of testing. Yep. Um, it's always been that way. Well, you
0: heard, that's what the one of the, the vets had said, right, when they were like – they were in in one of the indictments, they're talking about how they don't, don't worry, they don't even have a test for this in the US yet.
1: Right, exactly. And you know, one of the things they were doing, they were using those blood builders, which in which, if you know what they do, um they increase the red blood cell count. So you come up clean on most tests unless they do a test to determine whether the blood, you know, the red blood cell count is elevated. And if you have a lot of red blood cells, you know, you carry more oxygen. You don't get tired. You regenerate. You know, it's 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 a significant edge. So they think of everything, not only testing, but they you know they use stuff that if you do, you know, test for, you're going to come up clean. You know, so it's those guys are always a step ahead. Um, it's like that Balco guy in the in 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 the yeah. steroid scandal in, yep. in racing. You know what I mean? They're o- always a step ahead of, of the testing. Um, And it comes down to money too. racetracks don't want to spend, you you know, a lot of money. And, you know, I'm I'm not optimistic that that, you know, as much good as we think will come from this unless, uh, you know, we get regulated from an outside source, which is not something that I really want to lobby for. But I just don't see another way because, you know, the fact of the matter is racetracks across the United States. Cannot be successful in staggering post times On big stakes races on Saturday afternoon How are they ever going to accomplish anything If they can't even accomplish that
0: Yeah and, and Andrew what it's, What's really I guess disheartening about all of this is that So this investigation Has been going on for you know Three to four years now it, it looks like So one While this investigation is going on These Trainers are continuing to cheat With other horses At tracks right under their nose So literally While they're being investigated They're still not being caught Like, What does that tell you about the level of testing The level of like What these racetracks are actually able to do Overseeing things Because they were getting looked at by the FBI But they're still cheating at other tracks And the tracks aren't able to find out about it It's like How is this still happening
2: Okay I'll, I'll break my response to that down in two parts First of all I'm going to play devil's advocate on the length of time that it took because clearly the FBI did their due diligence. And if you read that 45 page report, it's clear a lot of work went into that. And I'm not entirely sure that they're done releasing indictments just Mm -hmm. yet. Usually this stuff is the tip of the iceberg And we're hearing more and more stuff come out Even as the day is going on.
0: I mean, the harness world so, got rocked There were a couple of, like Nick Surik Is the second leading trainer in North America yep. for, In harness, and he got popped A lot of the same vets that treat the same horses For thoroughbreds in harness race And uh, the standard breds. Yep,
2: Exactly, and here's a question for you And then I'll get to my second uh, part of my answer Going to what was said about Ninoosh The partners in that horse own a lot of horses. You think that's the first time they've asked that question to a trainer? Yes. I don't think they're done. Now, for part two, I'm going to counter your question with a question. Look at Monmouth Park's entry box. Would Monmouth Park have been able to fill races without Jason Service and Jorge Navarro last year or the year before that? Or the year before that? I'm not saying that there was anything nefarious going on there. But I am saying that there's a lot to consider from a track perspective as far as making sure that dirty players are run off. How can you be trusted to do that when those dirty players have so much of the bloodstock on the backstretch? We need independent oversight. I'll agree with John on that. The question is, who is going to appoint these independent overseers? If it's Congress, that makes me queasy. If it's PETA, that makes me even queasier.
0: John, to kind of go a little farther on a point that you had just made a little while ago, what I think now we can start going back and looking at numbers and stuff. And there was a a good um, kind of tweet thread that was posted earlier talking about this is O'Crunk on Twitter talking about looking at Navarro and service claiming data. Service only claimed twice from Navarro both the same card on September 30th 2012 at Monmouth Navarro only made one claim from service on September 23rd 2012 you're telling me that these two who claim a ton of horses at all levels don't accidentally claim a couple horses off of each other i mean by accident just by the sheer now- a number of horses that they run
1: well, I, I, I think they consciously Avoid claims. Yeah, yeah, I think that, that that's obvious I mean, you, you know, one thing That the indictment made pretty clear Is that, you know, they were In communication with each other um, About what they were doing um,
0: And, yeah, and I, now I, you start I, thinking about like at a, Like Andrew was just saying, at a place like Monmouth How easy would it be for them When they have a couple entries In one race in small fields To just completely dictate an entire day's worth of races.
1: Not I mean, absolutely. You, you know, and, and and getting back to what Andrew said about, you know, tracks kinda, you know, maybe looking the other way because these guys are filling entries. We know we have four shortages. We can't fill entries. Look at San Anita right now. They're running what, what, three, four days a
0: week with they just canceled you know, Friday, you know, five You're days out because they think it's gonna rain, just to, you yeah. know, because that rain, quote unquote, you know? Yeah. You think they're looking to throw anybody out of there? I don't. You know, um and wait, what's funny, just on that, the one that they did throw out, Hollendorfer, they didn't have any information like any of this stuff at all. He gets know, I'm tossed. So, I'm so
1: glad you said that because you know there, there was a, a, a trend on Twitter today where people were saying, Well, what can racetracks do if there's no proof? They could essentially do whatever they want. Look what yep. they did to They <laughs> can go up to you, me or anybody else and say, you know what, we deem you undesirable. You bod, we don't think you're in the best interest of racing, and you can't come on the grounds anymore. They, they, did, they did it years ago. I don't know if you guys remember a, 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 an owner named Michael Gill. Michael Gill was running horses at Gulfstream Park and had Mark Schumann training for him, and was winning at a very high percentage, and everybody was saying, oh, he was juicing, he was cheating, and blah, blah, blah. And you know what? They took away his stalls, they uh, forced him to train off a farm. Then they stopped taking his entries, and they essentially ran him out of the game. Um, they can pretty much ban or bar anybody that they want to. So when they, they – when, when when Jorge Navarro made that ridiculous video about juice, this, that, that, they could have taken action. Like then. Yeah, they didn't need any proof. They could have saw the same stats that you and I and, and and Andrew see in the form and every other handicap of sees and say, hey, listen, we know you're doing something. We don't know what it is. You're not welcome here anymore. And if racetracks did that, you'd see less of this.
0: It's, yeah, it's just the slap on the wrists, you know, Andrew. And, you know, you, you can kind of respond to, to that in this too. Just we've been so, so... All of us I mean If you're not getting penalized For doing something wrong And if the penalty is literally What would account to a dollar From one of us Why the hell wouldn't you keep doing it You have to have stricter penalties Or else people just don't They don't even look at it like they got in trouble
2: Precisely And to answer John's question about Racetracks uh, running people off the grounds And whatnot, Yes it has happened The problem is if you do that You're opening yourself up to a Very long very painful Lawsuit and when people get put In that situation where their livelihoods Are threatened they become desperate Desperate people my guess Is that the people in custody right now Are likely giving up a number of people that they've worked with or yeah, for no, right. backstretch in order to get shorter sentences or leniency or what have you. So in that situation, it's more a case of the tracks trying to save face. But at the same time, there's a difference between saving face and insulting the intelligence of the people that support your product. Like we've been saying, it doesn't take a Mensa member to have seen that something was wrong here and The fact that it took this long for someone to take some sort of action on it thats doesn't reflect well for racing at a time where Racing really cannot afford, as you mentioned, Gino To take many more in the way of unfortunate self-inflicted PR hits
0: So, John, we've seen now it's confirmed that um, All the horses trained by Navarro in service that were entered Wednesday, Thursday, and Fridays have been scratched Um, Darren Zocali was tweeting out about some um, trainers in the harness world, whereas some of their horses have been getting scratched. So, what what happens next now? What happens to these horses at when they go to others? Like what what's gonna happen? To, like what like you said, we keep think, we keep hoping that things will change, but what what really is going to come next?
1: Well, I, you know, I, I heard a rumor um, from from a pretty good source that maximum security would be moving to Bob Baffert's barn. I believe that's yeah, probably right. true. Um, I got a call this morning from a trainer friend of mine um, who got a call from one of Navarro's owners saying, listen, will you take my horses? And he was asking me, you know, what's your opinion? Should I take them or should I not? You know, um, so that that's what's going to happen. These horses will move to other barns. Um, some of them will never make it back to the races and they'll just fall by the wayside um, because they probably can't run without the aids that they've been getting, you know, because somebody's nerve blocking aids and stuff like that. You know, you take that away and these horses are going to be, you know, aches and pains and not be able to run. Um, so you'll have some that just fall through the wayside and don't make it back to the track. And you'll have others that just move into other barns. Um, and, and, and that's what will happen with those horses. You know, the, the, the rest of the aftermath, you know, we'll have to see. But if I would have told you a week ago that, you know, Joe Sharp would be a good guy in racing by
0: next week, you'd have told me I'm nuts. (laughs) So who who knows what's going to happen, you know? Uh, uh, Andrew, when you were watching that race or when you saw the replay of the Saudi Arabia race, you saw Maximum Security uh, uh, do what he did. I mean, I'm watching that race. He's struggling. Throughout he's under a drive He looks like he's absolutely done Prior to the top of the stretch and like he's About to back up and And then he just Keeps finding and that is Just not the type of trip you Ever see a horse win in when They're under a drive for so long And they just keep finding a Little bit more A couple things one I mean Did you see it what do you think of the race two and two How could you be going to a place like Saudi Arabia with with what we know about um, you know it not being the safest place in the world at all times and think about doing something like illegal in a big race like that where you could be cheating them out of money. I mean, are, are these
2: all like kind
0: of like balls that are flying around in your head too?
2: I got one thing to respond to that with and then I'd like to expound on something John said because I think this is fascinating. The first thing, to answer your question, Saudi Arabia wanted American-style horse racing. They got it. Yeah. (laughs) End of story. And to tack on to what John said, this is what I found fascinating because I'm a nerd. Sharp Azteca was bred to 195 mares last year. 195. John mentioned that there are some horses that simply cannot run without the use of some of the substances that were laid out in the FBI report. How many sires are standing right now that would have fallen into that category and that are passing along these genetic deficiencies to the thoroughbred? This is why the thoroughbred breed is getting weaker and weaker and weaker and why horses are running less and less and less. It's simply deplorable, and that's something that really needs to get fixed sooner rather than later And that's something that I think is going a little bit ignored in all of the Twitter chatter You really hope that somebody in a prominent position is paying attention to that
0: That's just another layer that I didn't even think of, John And that's what's so, so yeah. kind of scary Ooh. about this story Is that you just keep peeling things back Like it starts on the very top from questions that we ask about Okay, who at the racetracks knew about this? Did stewards know about this kind of stuff? And they were just sh- like, like Andrew was saying, they needed the entry. So they're kind of, eh, you know, it's not that big a deal. Did the owners of the horses know? Like, we know that a lot of the vets and the people administering it know. Are we getting down to a point where there are riders that know, you know, like, and, and then down all the way to the betters? It just, this is just everybody. It, it's so deep, John. Well, let me ask you two questions.
1: And, and Andrew, the, the first one is really for you because you, you kind of brought it up and it was something I was thinking about all day. What do
2: you do if you're cool more right now? That's a fabulous question. And I imagine that there's some legalese in the contract where it might be an opt out clause of sorts. I imagine Coolmore has some of the world's best lawyers looking at that contract right now as they try to determine their options, but that's going to be a pretty cool thing to figure out because nobody knows where that's going to wind up. It's not like maximum security was bred in the purple. He's by New Year's Day, who is not exactly an in-demand sire. So it's not like there's a lot for him to fall back on besides, oh, he won all of these races and all of these money. Where he may have and most likely did have the benefit of performance-enhancing drugs in his system. The other thing, though, is who's to say that most of the horses he was running against weren't receiving the same stuff? It's, it's oh, absolutely—it's mind-blowing yeah. how deep this could go.
1: Right, and then you, you know, to, to to follow up a little bit on what you said, Gino, I was thinking this. Um, okay, let's let's just you know, not to single out any rider, but y- y- you know. Irad ride Ortiz rides an awful lot at this meet for Jason Service, and an awful lot for Jorge Navarro. Does he feel it when he gets on these horses? Does he know? I, I, I mean, I would think um, that a rider wouldn't want to put himself and
0: other riders right. Rider. It's scary. That's a little uh, scary. You just you don't know how they're going to respond sometimes to the drugs. We see them that kick in, but it's like anything. It's like on a case by case basis. Some horses just don't like don't like it. It's too much for them. And they can't handle it. Right.
1: But, the, you know, do these riders feel that? Do yeah. They, how how they deep is it going? Do they feel that they're being put in, in, in harm's way when they get on these horses that are, are saddled by these guys? I mean, that's mind-boggling to me.
0: This is um, a story that is just. I mean, it's going to be. I think day by day, we're going to continue to find out more and more and more. Um, so I'll, I'll give you guys both like a mi- another couple of minutes if you have anything else uh, about this that we haven't mentioned. Any other layers of it that you want to talk about, um, Andrew? First, I mean, is there anything that we haven't hit on that you that you, you're thinking or that's kind of you know spinning around and uh, and, and 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 you want to get
2: out? I want to hear more from the owners that are involved. We've heard some stuff from some owners, and there's more that's out there. I mean, I understand that we're probably not going to hear a lot from the owners of Nanush for various reasons, but that's the intriguing soundbite that I want, because if it's a certain enterprise, whether it's one part owner, another part owner, or another part owner, it has a lot of ramifications, especially because, oh, by the way, Ahmed Zayed is in bankruptcy court right now. So the, what, the depth of this is staggering. It's something that I'm not entirely sure horse racing has seen since the death of Aladar, which may or may not have been related to insurance money and the failures of Calumet Farm. I really think you've got to go back that far in order to get something that shakes the game to its core like this could.
0: And, John, you wrote a good column uh, kind of detailing a lot of what was happening. And Pass the Wire is a great place to look at right now if you want to find out any information about this. There's a couple different things up there right now. Um, Yeah, anything that we haven't talked about that's on your mind or that you want to get out about this story?
1: Well, uh, you know, I'll, I'll say this, and Andrew alluded to this a little bit. When, when you read the um, indictments, um, they do mention um, unindicted co-conspirator trainers that were making purchases um, of, of these substances. So that tells me that there are other trainers involved um, that are probably cooperating and obviously were cooperating. They're unindicted co-conspirators. That's cooperating. Um, so I, I do think that there's a good chance we will see some, you know, more indictments and possibly more arrests and, and, and more of a shakeup. And, you know, I, I hope it's the wake up call that the game needs. And, and I don't know, you know, I agree with Andrew, I don't know that, you know, there's an easy outside regulatory answer but I know we need some help from somewhere and I love the sport and I want it to survive and I want it to be on the level. Um, And I think that's the only hope for that to happen because I don't think the industry can do it, do it for themselves. So um, I just like to leave on that note saying that I hope that somehow this industry can, can turn this into a positive, whether it's through an outside regulatory agency or somehow within itself. But, but, but that would be my hope to, to, Turn this into a positive and make horses Like XY Jet who died on the racetrack Over this um, Not have died in vain
0: And and that's uh, one of the reasons why I Wanted to have both of you guys on here because You in different Roles that we've had in racing um, Different ways that we've Covered the sport but you won't find People that I know that love horse racing as much, and I genuinely appreciate the fact that you know, John. This is what we talked about when we had you on a few weeks ago, and Andrew, you and I talk about this all the time. Is that we, we, and, and you two? I really appreciate you. You won't, you won't be, uh, be afraid of being a little bit critical when it needs to be critical, and I, I've, I've become just like. The, the people that always want to preach positivity when When like everything is burning down around you You have to kind of You have to be able to look yourself in the mirror And say we have a problem And for a long time Horse racing did not want to do that And I just I think you guys are great follows and John We're going to you know, work out some kind of a past the wire Segment we've been talking about where we're going to do you know, That's what G said, past the wire weekly Where we, we bring on some people for interviews And we're going to talk with you each week I always love the conversations and Andrew At andrewchampagne.com you're, you're always doing the same but I think We've done ourselves a disservice for a while When we have people that are covering The sport that don't cover The things that are happening in the sport
2: I'll take this a little bit because it alludes to something that I mentioned. Horse racing is awful at taking criticism and acting upon it positively. I could relay a number of personal stories in that regard from dealings that I have had. I have been asked to delete tweets on my personal account because they are critical of racetracks. I wrote an article about six years ago that I'm not going to get into publicly here out of respect for a lot of people involved. It almost cost me my job. That's a story that needs to be told once certain people retire or die. Trust me, Gino, you're going to want to have me on. It's a doozy. Um, But it's a case where people need to be able to take criticism for what it is from people that love the game and want to see it grow. We are not PETA. We are not trying to kill the sport by actively infiltrating it and phasing the game out. We're trying to make it so that there's a game for our kids to enjoy. For their kids to enjoy, and on and on and on down the line. We want this game to not just survive but thrive. And in this current setting, with what we found out today, it's six to five and pick them whether or not the sport's gonna have a chance to do that.
0: John, uh, give us some of your your closing thoughts on this.
2: Well, I, I, I really think we said uh, you know every
1: everything that needs to be said. I think we you, you know hit hit all the nails uh, at some level. And I, 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 just reiterate. I just hope this is, uh, y- you know, the wake up call that, as an industry, we need.
0: John, um, give, give us the, your your information, uh, the stuff for past the wire, and where can we follow you on social media?
1: Um, social media is easy at Jonathan Stetten. Um, that's my personal Twitter. Um, at past the wire is the Twitter for past the wire, um, and uh, you know most of what I got to say you can find at pastthewire dot com. Um, which is our website, which is a, uh, you know, feature article website and also a news website and handicapping website, just about everything that's horse racing. And pretty much, um, we call ourselves horse racing uncensored because, you know, we like to call it the way we see it and call it the way it is without sugarcoating anything. So, uh, you can get a pretty, a pretty straight take there on, 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 on anything in this sport. So, John, um,
0: in a few days, end of the week, we'll start discussing. We're we're gonna have a, a a weekly segment, I think, with you on here, and hopefully, in a few days, when we bring you back on, we'll be able to to just focus on the handicapping stuff, which we which we like. I mean, I would, I, I'm glad to have you on to talk about this, but I hate what we're talking about. I, I would much exactly. rather have have had the two of you on look. to handicap a full card from Gulfstream, Stream. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and we we, we do pretty
2: good when we do that. So. We do.
0: Yeah, we do. So. <laughs> Great. John, thank you so much. Andrew,
2: give us uh, out there your plugs. Where can we find you and what are you working on? Sure. AndrewChampagne.com is my personal site on Twitter at at AndrewChampagne. Constantly writing stuff for a bunch of different outlets. I'm writing stuff for OddsCheck or U.S. I just started writing stuff for Bet America. I'll be going to Las Vegas next week. Really excited about that. Incidentally, Gino, my dad says hello. Nice, Uh, Dave. Going to be a lot of fun. Looking forward to that. You're going to want to follow along for both horse racing picks and some sports betting picks that I've been uh, that I've been pretty lucky with over the past couple of months.
0: Andrew, John, I really appreciate it. We've uh, spent over 45 minutes here. I think we got all the the majority of the stuff out. And as uh, information continues to to fall, we're going to be following you along because I always appreciate getting both of your opinions on everything. So thanks a lot, John. Thanks a lot, Andrew. And look forward to talking to you guys again uh, on that's what G said very soon.
1: Thanks, guys. And it's been a
0: pleasure being on with both of you Awesome stuff Okay, folks, we'll be back in just a second We'll uh, do our final closing segment here But a big thanks to John and to Andrew One of the sponsors of That's What G Said podcast is Cindy Carava, full service realtor, and I am here over in Glendora at Coldwell Banker with Cindy Carava. Cindy, how was 2019 for you? Tell us a little bit about what uh, what kind of stuff you were working on.
3: Hi, Gino. Thanks for having me. Uh, 2019 was just really great. Uh, I had a great year uh, selling homes all the way from Altadena, Arcadia, Monrovia. Out to Upland and Ontario just recently. Um, the market has, has been uh, really good. Um, we're looking forward to 2020 with an increase in home prices about 5.8 percent this year opposed to last year where it was a little softer. We saw uh, more like homes averaging about 3.5 percent in increase in value. Um, it's also looking great for buyers. Uh, the interest rates right now are going to be staying under 4 percent. So if you are been on the fence about thinking about buying a home
0: And you're all over the internet, social media, websites. Let us know some of the places where we can find you. I know I've seen some reviews on Yelp and on Zillow. Everyone always has positive things to say. Everybody hears me raving about you all the time. But where can uh, everyone else find out information about you or contact?
3: Thank you, Gino. Yeah, I am on Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn. Um, And uh, you can contact me on my website, which is www.cindycarrava.com. Or my email, which is cindyc.realtor at gmail.com. Or feel free to call or text me on my cell phone, which is 626-394-6400.
0: Cindy is awesome. She's one of the kindest and most genuine people I've ever met. I promise you, you will enjoy every minute you interact with her. So thank you very much, Cindy. Uh, appreciate all of your support from That's What She Said podcast.
3: Thank you, Gino. Have a great day, everyone.
0: Big thank you to John and Andrew for coming on discussing um uh, all, all that I mean it's a lot as you you've heard and we're going to be constantly finding out more and more and more as the days go on and the hours go on so um, big thanks to the the both of them. You'll be hearing a lot more from them. on That's what G said. Let's get into our next interview. This is going to be with Andy Villanueva. We're going to break down the. We talk a little bit about. Um, we get kind of Andy's thoughts uh, for the first five minutes or so on everything that went down, and then we go through Tuesday. Sam Houston. We go through the full card, give uh, his thoughts on each race, and then we do the same thing for Wednesday. Go through the full card with uh, with his thoughts on each of the races. So enjoy Sam Houston players as we go through. We The Tuesday and the Wednesday cards for Sam Houston Back for uh, another episode of That's What G Said Podcast He was very good handicapping Sam Houston last time we talked to him And he's one of the folks out there who handicaps Sam Houston each and every day It's our good friend handicapper Andy Villanueva Andy, how you doing today?
4: Great. A uh, little bit of a crazy day, but, yeah. you know, it wouldn't be a Monday racing Twitter if it wasn't crazy, right?
0: Right. So, so before we get into the Tuesday and the Wednesday uh, handicapping for for Sam Houston just uh, We talked a little earlier in the show with, uh, with Andrew and with John About everything that went down Just kind of give us some of your thoughts Now we know that uh, Jason Service and Jorge Navarro Were among 27 uh, Alleged by the government To have administered illegal medications I'm just reading the headline right from the DRF And this was actually even more Than just thoroughbred This got into the harness world too um, This is just a, a scandal That is of massive massive magnitude
4: yeah, I mean it's I mean, it's kind of like one of those things where you kind of go in and you know you hear the rumblings on the racetrack, especially if you're on there every if you're in there every single day. but um, you know, part of me is like surprised about the fact that somebody finally did something about it. I just didn't think it was gonna be to such a magnitude that you know, there's an indictment. One guy's facing twenty years, another guy's facing five to ten. I mean, it's crazy when you think about it, but... And this is happening,
0: like, all while Maximum, like, this investigation has been going on for the last few years, like, while I'm just tweeting later day, like, man, I've never really been a Maximum Security fan, but this horse really impressed me today, you know? Like, wow, way to dig down deep. It's just right in front of our faces,
4: you know? Yeah, and, you know, the other thing, the other thing that really is sad about this whole situation, and is, you know, X, Y jet is kind of going to be the poster boy for this in a bad way. And I feel bad for the horse because, you know, he gave up a lot. The the one thing that really bothers me, and this is more on the owner's side, and I'm probably going to get a lot of flack from it, but, you know, you got to step up and say something if you're an owner, especially like somebody as well known as Rockingham Ranch, who who went out and said, well, we, we really feel bad about, losing this horse. It was a horse of a lifetime. And, you know, we really needed to, you know, we really need to take our time and we're really sad, but, you know, I haven't seen any tweets. haven't seen anything saying to the contrary. And to me, that, that's a big indicator that they, they either knew or they kind of knew it and they were kind of hiding it and they weren't hiding it, but they were, You know, turning a
0: blind eye. Yeah, turning
4: a blind eye. But, you know, I told a friend of mine, uh, you know, uh, Scott Calabrese, who's too close for too close to call, who does a lot of great derby work. um, I told him, I said, you know, when you're first on the racetrack, you're kind of naive of who the barns are that kind of kind of use chemists kind of way. So you kind of like don't know it. But once you're around the racetrack and you see the same guy going to certain barns. You kind of start asking questions or you kind of put two and two together when the win percentages start to go high. And, you know, it's not it's I'm not naive to not know that this happened, but at the same token, it's kind of a sad situation.
0: It really is, because this this is one of these things that we are recording this at, you know, like nine Eastern time on Monday. And this has just been out, you know, not even for 24 hours now. This, this is like all, and there's so many layers to this now With, you know, from everything that we're just reading And in, in, in all these charges To now th- these, these people are under arrest To even the, the little things that it comes all the way down to Man, I feel bad for how many different bettors have gotten screwed In the last decade, right? Betting against or in a race where where you're looking at these horses going there's no way this horse can step up into this Spot I mean the the perfect Example is one of this is like we're all scratching our head Going there's a horse that was a 16 claimer that's winning the Kentucky Derby you know finishing uh, crossing the wire First in the Derby and winning these major Races all over that just doesn't happen And so and, and- I'm
4: I'm going to go and say that Service I'm going to go and say that And it's going to sound like I'm naive but I think I'm Going to go and say that yes I think A part of it was the horse may not have been a maiden sixteen claimer when he first ran. Sure, you know, cash a bet kind of deal. But you got to kind of. There are certain times you look at that those races that he runs, and you know, you read about what some of the some of the situ, some of the medications they're using are, and you're like, that's why he bre- rebroke in the Saudi in the. He's Saudi, looking like he was struggling. Race and, I mean, they
0: were yeah. run, He was under a drive, it, and like a, it feels like those are the kind of things that your average horse kind of. That's when they back up. They don't keep going. They don't kick in another gear. And that's, you know, it's just been there's so many of us, of betters that have kind of, it's just left a sour taste in our mouth. And as as this continues to unravel layer by layer, we're going to keep discussing it and we're going to keep like responding and reacting to it. And uh, I'm sure when we have you back on again to talk more, Sam Houston, in a week or two or whenever it is, there'll be a lot more to this story now. I just wanted to get some of your uh, initial reactions.
4: and I think I tweeted out, I don't think that this is the end of what we're hearing. I think no. there's going to be some stuff that we're going to find out about the West Coast because
0: I... Sure. Oh, it's. do you think I, it's just I, in one salt, small located place? No
4: way. No. And I mean, come on. I mean, I, I know we've both been on the West Coast. You're still there. I mean, we know... I know for a fact there are certain trainers that are winning at a high percentage that just just i I just don't buy that they're winning at a high percentage because they put horses in the right spot,
0: yeah, yeah, it's just uh, this is it, it's this is one of those things that's weird. it's good, It's good and it's bad, right? It's good that we're we're finally kind of starting to crack down and and maybe this will be a start of something, but this was definitely not the time for another big scandal in horse racing after what happened last year, and you know you you get one or two more of these and and the public perception, a lot of people are just gonna say like, what is this still going on for You know, and, and, and that's we're, we're, It's it's a little scary Because we're not, we're starting to get to the point Where we're not too far away from that now, Andy
4: Oh no, I mean I think I read somewhere It was either Greg Burnick or It might have been Greg Burnick that, that tweeted out You know, we're all waiting for the Horse Racing Integrity Act to take, to be Approved, but that's five Maybe six years down the road Horse racing may not have five, six years It yeah. may only have two years because it's all self-inflicted it's nobody can touch us and now all of a sudden they're finding out oh wait a minute hold on now with now today's day and age with social media things don't get hidden very long i mean i was driving driving to work this morning and i saw a tweet from ray pollock saying they're shaking down barns and i'm like the feds are shaking down barns. This is not good. That was a first yeah. thought process.
0: It, it, it's going to be little, like you said, this is just the very beginning. And we're going to find out little by little by little more and more and more as this continues to go on. Uh, but, we, you know, we could sit here and, and have another really long conversation about it. Yeah. and uh, we'll, we'll transition over to the handicapping because I know it'll be nice to kind of for a little while at least. Focus back on the horses tomorrow, and and be playing some Sam Houston, and you know spend a couple hours where we're we're trying to make a few bucks, and maybe think think some positive versus a, a lot of the negative that we've been uh, been going through the last twenty four hours. And one thing that's really cool, Andy, I mean it's been an unbelievable meet so far at Sam Houston. We've seen a lot of the numbers go up, uh, lots of positives all over the place. And now what's cool for the next few weeks of the Sam Houston Thoroughbred meet, we're going to get an extra day of racing now. So not only will it be the Wednesday. Uh, Afternoon racing with the Friday and Saturday night racing we're going to get Tuesday uh, day action which kicks off Tomorrow
4: yeah and You know the best part about it is I think they've They I think Sam Houston has done a Great job being able to promote the racing here Um, Especially with certain Different you know events like The dog race like Corgi racing and camel And and ostrich uh, races and all that Yeah but you know the product speaks For itself and you know if, if it was any indication it was friday night when i was out there and amongst the people and just listening to how excited they were and you know how cool it was to be out there and making a little money especially when the big horses started winning races there
0: okay let's jump right into it because we uh, we have two racing cards that we're going to talk about so we'll just kind of quickly touch on each of the races give some of our thoughts and then and then move on um and it looks like on both the Tuesday and the Wednesday cards this week We're going to get the double pick five situations uh, I think where you can play the early and the late pick five So let's go to race number one on Tuesday 15 claimers, non-winners of three The one, Bella Alicida, is going to take a lot of money for Asmussen We've seen that Elliott's going to be coming over and riding now On uh, it looks like Tuesdays and Wednesdays I think at least for the next few weeks He picked up a couple wins riding uh, for Asmussen last week And so he he's going to be aboard the one Bella Alacida who's probably going to be tough in here And then we have a horse like the 6 headlining Who's been really really good since coming to Sam Houston and Sharp won Two races pretty nicely um, I, You know I thought the 7 city on the Nile was, was probably one to include coming Back to the dirt here and the slight Cut back to 7 um, how do you See this first race
4: you know I I like headlining I think right now She's yeah. in she's in such good Form and you know Matt Hurt a bear is is winning at such a high clip there that it's kind of hard not to, not to include her in any tickets. But I actually like broke financing here on the far outside nice. in the first race here. Twelve to one, I think she's twelve to one on the morning line. But you know she's coming in from Turf Paradise. I'm not Turf Paradise, Turfway Park, and that synthetic to dirt angle. Sometimes people don't like it here. It's kind of been kind of weird. Some horses really take to it, and some don't. And I don't think this horse really wanted to run. This horse has won both races on the dirt, and I think she'll probably go back to that that form and run a bit a bit better race. And Tommy Shorts had a good meet here with with limited stock, so I don't mind going with broke financing. You got to use headlining with the way her form is, and you know another horse that might take that might not take a lot of action, but you got to take a look at is first off the claim for Diodora with Nocturnal Mission.
0: Yep. So yeah, I think we hit on a, a lot of the con- the contenders there in that opener which kicks off the uh, the early pick 5. Let's go to race number 2 which starts the pick 4 if you're more of a, a pick 4 player and what's great about all of these wagers, they're all doubles, pick 3s, pick 4s, pick 5s, all 12% take out that industry low. They're going to go 5 furlongs sprinting on the turf in here. You know, the the one Taishara with the inside speed hasn't raced in a couple months but will probably be involved. I thought this was actually a, a more of a wide open race, though. I mean, I could start building cases for some. I'm going to throw the four in in some of my exotics. Um, I thought the the six take the over. You know, with Parker jumping aboard. Um, if you kind of key in on a couple of the, the grass races, they're not that bad. You go to the outside with Cats Candy, who's in nice form. I mean, I, you can build cases for many in here, Andy.
4: You can. I I really like. I really like take the over in the spot. I think I think the trip is perfect for her. I think the way she. Her running style is going to be perfect for this racetrack and, uh, you know, CJ Thoroughbreds and Calhoun wanted to get her on the turf last time and it got taken off. So they're bringing her right back into a turf spot and she's going to be tough in that spot with that with that sort of thing. I think she's right now I'm leaning toward her being my best bet of the day because I just think it's going to set up for her really well.
0: That's in race number two Let's jump to race number three These are Texas Red Maidens 7,500 going five and a half furlongs And King Bling was pretty good in his debut He, and and, you know You kind of look up and down the race I don't know Maybe Moro Dreams if they go But I don't know if anybody else is going to be quick enough To put the pressure on him So I, I have a tough time going against him I think the nine is one Who might be able to work out a nice trip Connections don't win a lot But this is actually a pretty good spot Getting off the rail Uh, I I thought, you know, logically The six I'd put in some of my exotics Um, Who who are some of the horses you're using in this third?
4: Um, I'd probably go really deep in this race Because this is not like the most um, What's the word? Prolific set of horses Sure They're Uh,
0: hard to trust It's a tough group to trust
4: They're really hard to trust And, you know, I, I can also see Thirty to one shot winning. In fact, I do have Sunny Perfect in case everybody in the front of in front of her just stops, which is conceivable. I do like Satin's Little One a yeah. lot because she did beat King Bling in her debut and came back and ran. Ran next out against tougher company and now right back gets down. off the
0: rail. Or he gets off the rail but, a little bit too, which, yeah. which would probably helped with his running style. Like he gets shuffled a little bit from the inside and then you got to go around horses. It'll probably help just being drawn to the outside a little bit more for him.
4: Yeah. And Jomo taking a big cutback and, cl- and cut back off the turf to dirt kind of angle and dropping it into class probably is better because those races he's run against main claimers at six furlongs have been really good. So I would throw Jomo in there too, just because I mean this anybody's gonna win this race and wouldn't surprise me if the longest shot on the board wins it.
0: Okay, race number four. I'm gonna go uh Fishing for another little bit of a price In here, but I'll I'll use along with Some of the logicals, I thought the 3, the 8 And the 10 were, you know, were logical horses But I like the 7 a little bit Last I knew, you know, I just don't Know what's really wrong with his turf form Look at his 2 back turf race That was going 5 furlongs, and go back and look At the mile turf race Um, You know, previously when at Remington Park I think this course has got a little bit of a shot to at least Hit the board in here. I'm going to throw him in some of my exotics The 7. Uh, give us some of your Fourth race thoughts. This is a first level allowance Going long on the grass
4: I'm I'm salivating at the 10 Bellringer um, You know, Mr. Strange came back to win uh, An allowance Race on Saturday night Or Friday night And he finished second to Bellringer Bellringer's getting back on the turf, which is probably His preferred surface And I just I just think he's going to go to the front and Ryan gets along with this horse so well. I just don't see anybody catching him on the front end.
0: Yeah, and he and what's nice to another one who's drawn well because if he needs to sit a little bit, like if somebody goes to the lead or he just it's so nice to be drawn to the outside when you have the speed because then you have options. You kind of know how fast you need to go in order to get there, to clear off or you can just kind of press just off. I've got the 10 everywhere also. Uh Bellringer.
4: And one thing that people need to understand especially here at Sam Houston that one mile I think that one mile is going to start in the chute. So they're going to have some time to kind of gather themselves up and it's not like San, it's not like the old Hollywood Park where if they started in the chute it'd be a quick run to that to kind of that left turn and if you're hung out wide you're pretty much stuck out there the entire time. This is more of a a con, kind of Kind of just goes into the flow of a left turn And you're not really in trouble there So that's that's another reason why you got to like the 10
0: And uh, We'll re- move on to race number 5 Which is a 5,000 non-two They're going to go a mile in here And I- I'm going to put The 6 I think on top Smiling Cobra who I think could be A little bit closer today stretching out um, th- This is One of those races where I, I-, I don't really love anyone though I just kind of slightly have the 6 on top um, We kind of talked about a race like this that We just don't have horses that are in the bet like All that great of form right now Most of this field
4: No not at all And I think the one thing that I think you got to throw the three in Swanee yeah, on Because yeah. he's shown speed early But other than that Everything that's that sh- that stretching out for the first time Really doesn't have any speed whatsoever And this one at least Has shown that it, he can sit near the front mm-hmm. Especially at seven furlongs Stretch out super saver On the top I just I kind of like him a lot in this spot Because yeah. I think he might get the lone lead To be honest with you
0: I have the same two that you did on a top tier Above everybody else I had six and three And then after those three Then then you can start building cases Like the one should come flying late But he just has absolutely No speed he's tough to trust Um, But if they go too quick he could Come and pick up the pieces I mean I even thought a horse Like Maybe like the two is just like a complete flyer Maybe he can just kind of fall into a decent trip The four um, Buddy Rockets, another one under But I kind of felt like the three and the six might be a little bit of, of a tier
4: above Yes, I agree
0: Okay, let's move on to the late pick five, which starts in race number six These uh, maiden 50,000 Five furlongs on the turf course here And the The number eight Majestic Queen Is very impressive in the Turf debut dropped in class came over from Fairgrounds for Asmussen And went five furlongs and was a good Second and will probably Be really close to the front end because In this race too for For a five furlong turf race There isn't that much Speed really I mean there aren't a, a ton Of horses who absolutely need the lead or have shown Really really good sprint speed She probably won't be too far out of it I might use her with you know maybe the Four joy to the world who I think ha- is a little Bit sneaky on the grass and then um, After those two I could see um, You know the seven the nine uh, Underneath but I, I, I'm i not Going to try to get too, too cute and, and Go completely against majestic queen Here I'll probably just use her and one other
4: So it's possible It may rain and I say may rain because every time I've said it may rain on a Tuesday, it doesn't rain and then it <laughs> rains later in the day. Yeah. And then I'm i messed up because I handicap for turf I handicap for mud and then it doesn't stay on. And then I re-handicap and it stays on turf and then it goes off turf. But I like Grace Lee. I think turf to dirt angle here, she's gonna probably strike she's she's probably gonna be on the rail well, she'll be on the rail, and that might actually be a positive in this spot. Especially at five furlongs. And I just, I just don't see, I don't trust, you know, I don't trust Majestic Queen, regardless of where she's come from. And Golden Puri and Enjoy to the World might have a shot to be up close. But I, I just like Grace Lee. You're going to get a price. And Maidens, you know, I'm not going to single a, a Maiden race just to single a Maiden race because it's four to five. I'd rather yeah. get a price. Yeah. Sure. especially when it's a pick 6 race, if you're going to single something to try to scoop up the entire ticket you get, you take a long shot on that spot.
0: Gracely from the inside for Andy in race number 6. Let's uh, get to race number 7, which starts the late pick 4, and yeah, this to me was one of those races that I I really have no shot. So I'm going to take your like I'm I'm just kind of wondering <laughs> who sits the trip in here um yeah. Good, good luck on uh, on this one. So you, you kind of lead the way here. Who, who do you like? I mean, I, I've got written down six, three, two, seven, nine, thirteen 11. I mean, I just had absolutely no clue.
4: So throw that Jim's Orbit race out for the 11 Wonders of His Love. And the horse completely fits here. He should have won. He really, really ran a huge race to back um, on the lead the entire time. He got headed at the top of the lane, battled on, and just. And started coming back late and couldn't couldn't hold off the winner. So I'm going to go back and and try wonders of his love at this spot. I I just think he's just a little bit better than some of these. But then after that, it's kind of like a cluster as far as who you want to choose. I went with with the band because I think he might sit the best trip if all because he's going to sit right off of the pace Mm -hmm. and also Detroit 66 who's who's completely in form. Yeah, but doesn't like to win. So, I mean, you kind of, you kind of, your best bet here is to just get a dartboard and just throw it and hope that, and that's about the best, but (laughs) I would go those three right there are, are must use for me. Um, I thought Grady's cat was sitting in a good spot last time and he, and You know, if you go back and look at that race, that was that race where I think one of the riders ended up getting dropped because it got really tight, and he really finished on strong. So, I mean, maybe throw in the 7-2, but, I mean, it's kind of one of those things to where it's kind of tough.
0: Let's get to race number eight. This one um, is a Maiden 7,500, and... I think there are a couple in here that that I'm going to take a look at. I was impressed with the return race for the eight, uh, Prancing Miss Tissy, who hadn't raced from September to February, came back in February, and that was against you know maiden 62s, and actually ran pretty well behind the sharp horse that we've mentioned headlining, who came out of that race to win another one. Uh, head over Boots has some speed from the inside. Uh, the the nine. You know, Laura and Lucas can pass horses. Comes in, hasn't raced since since September of last year. But um, at, at least this one can maybe pick up some pieces late. Those are kind of the horses for me. I mean, it wouldn't take much of a first time starter like the Seven Whimsical Tail to beat this group because there are no monsters in here. Uh, who, who do you like in here?
4: I like the eight, uh, Prancy Miss Tissy. She's just better form. Even if you go back past that last race, she's going to need that race off of it. Yep. Castellanos fired off the layoff With a horse that was a year and a half off On Friday Come back with this horse You know If she even runs remotely to that race in August Two starts, three starts back She wins this race for fun
0: Yeah, she'll just be a little sharper She'll have a little more She's got that nice tactical running style Where she doesn't have to be right on the lead But she doesn't have to be coming from dead last So I think there's a lot of things to like about her In this eighth race So the eights In uh, race number 8 for both me and Andy Let's move on to the the late daily double there In race number 9 They're going to go Texas Red's first level allowance uh, Going a mile on the turf course in here There are, it's one of those weird races Where you have 7 horses that all come out Of the same last race 7 of these horses were in the February 5th race So you're looking at that trip Kind of going what happened Um, I kind of like the one macho flyer A little bit out of that race Kind of got the shuffle, was behind horses Was on heels, didn't really have the best Of trips, and you know, disinclines. interesting, I think also With Parker jumping aboard, you have Moro Cool, who looks like a player right back Is one of the few that doesn't come out of That, act- that race, actually um, Where do you stand in this one?
4: Uh, this was one of my dartboard races In all honesty, I mean, I kind of Like a couple, but, you know I kind of like Tornado Man a little bit I think sitting he off the was, pace he was favored
0: in that group last time out yeah. yeah
4: sitting off the pace got a ton of money if i'm not mistaken yep. i think yeah he got a ton of money paulina ramirez came in to ride this horse on houston ladies houston classic day and this was the race that gray hope won and gray hope had came back and hasn't run well he ran on the dirt la- the last two times and then Ran on turf on Friday night, and he didn't do much at all in that race, other than make a huge sustained run and then flatten out. But I, I kind of like Tornado Man. I think you're going to get a little bit of a price, and it's kind of a good way to to end start the Daily Double with a price like that. And you got to throw in Disinclined. I think he'll run a better race than the last time out. Uh, but you know, the thing with with this race is there's a ton of speed up in the front so it could be one of the the horses in, from the back that are going to win the race
0: and let's try to close things out in race number 10 uh, 5000 beaten claimers going a mile in here um i'm going to throw a, a, the the one on my ticket as a little bit of a flyer um with some inside speed in a race that i don't think there's a whole ton of it um i do I do respect the 9 quite a bit 15 love black I thought it was very good And and that was an open 5 And so this this seems like a really good fit For the 9 if you wanted to go a little deeper Like uh, King told me You know I, One of these days he's going to win He's going to find a group But he's over for his last 14 He doesn't really have that killer instinct I'm, I'm I'm fine because he's a big fit at the level, so he wouldn't he wouldn't shock me, and I'm I'm not one that's thing completely toss him every time. But I, I think you know I can find others that I like a little bit more in here. Um, how do you close out the card?
4: So I have not I have basically bet against King Tolme like the last seven times. I'm trying to pull something up right now on him, but I actually you kind of took the wind out of my sails with divine favor rail nice. stretch out right yeah stretch out last race of the day go home with a big price might as well see what happens with that but i really like that horse regardless of what his odds are he's you know these horses haven't won in a long time i was looking through it he's also four or five in the money at this distance and he's one two or five so how can you how can you go against that yeah. And then the other horse that you gotta kinda look at, and I know it's crazy to go with two big prices, but this is Sam Houston and it happens quite a bit. Saturday's hangover. You know, this horse already won this year, and this race, a lot of their horses here haven't won either this year or last year. Yeah, and, and so you know why what why not take a shot with a with a couple long prices and you know hope that hope that this horse comes in and wins. I yeah, agree. this horse the horse's last win was December 16, 2018, King told me. Yeah, and
0: you're looking at Saturday's Hangover as one twice in, you know, in just the last, you know, five months, last six starts, so... Yeah. Um, I'm I'm completely fine taking a shot against him. He's one of those horses who will probably run up and complete the exotics in some way. But if you're just playing like a pick four, or pick five, or on the win end, you know what? You're like he's not one that I'm I'm going to beg you to use at a short price. So let's try to get the let's try to get a little good run for our money with the one. What's nice about a long shot like this is from the rail with the speed. At least we're not going to be you know. C- like 20 lengths out of it trying to come from behind I always like when we get a long shot that can give you A good run for your money get involved Early and that's I think what we got here to close things Out
4: yeah I, agree. I totally agree With you on this and not to mention You know like I said earlier in the, uh, On for this Race card you know The one if he goes off at 30 to 1 I guarantee You not a lot of people are going to put him on the ticket
0: yeah, and even if he gets bet down late He's not going to be, you're right, he's not going to be the horse that are on, That's on pick fours and pick fives when, the, no. when those races start in races six and seven
4: Yeah, exactly
0: Okay, let's move on to Wednesday And uh, we'll try to have Back-to-back winning days for you Over at Sam Houston Race number one, we're going to have uh, Texas bred maiden $15,000 claimers Kick things off And w- this race, I mean Nobody in here has done Absolutely anything on the racetrack you 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 were just I mean the the six has a couple of decent races they were last year at Lone Star against Better but even those races were beaten six and ten lengths I mean you're just kind of projecting looking at horses who made about it a little trouble who you think might end up on the lead in here I just kind of I thought the five had trouble from the rail and now Cabrera jumps aboard and maybe you know getting a a, a fast track will help so I have the five on top uh, but a- a after that I mean. Yeah, th- this isn't the strongest group in the world
4: No, I agree And, you know, I, I do like the five I think, I think the five with Cabrera coming on board Is a really good rider switch The other horse I really like Is the one, with yep. loves Tacos Yes, um, he had a tough trip turf to, turf to dirt Yeah, he did have a tough trip So take, take away the fact that They probably took care of him The last, you know Half of the race and you got a really good you, you got a really good shot with that horse.
0: So let's use the five in some of our early exotics. Also, yeah, you know the six is is going to be dropping in class with the blinkers on. They'll probably try to send the horses. And uh, and you know the three do hopper got in some traffic. He was just tough to handle. But I, I like the five and the one. Those are actually my top two too. So let's uh let's try to get those as we move on to a horse who's going to be a very very heavy favorite in race number two. That is brightest. Who comes out of a, a race where he was 4th in a stakes race The 3rd place finisher just came back to win um, uh, Just a few days back uh, Tell me you love me Brightest from the rail, gonna be tough I'll use one other with Brightest though Andy, Um, I do think the five's a little bit interesting Who, you know, she got squeezed back at the start And, and had no shot last time out 2 back at the 15 on 2 level she was a, a pretty solid second And if for some reason Brightest gets Dueled a little bit, isn't able to clear the field I think this is a horse who might be able to sit A nice trip
4: So here, so here's here's The the thing that I really didn't like about the one In that last race She Those aren't fast fractions For, for Sam Houston And she backed out Yeah, She completely backed out And there's going to be horses that are going to go with her to the front and one of them is their stablemate Triple bull Baby, and I like the four. You know, we talk about the fact that you know there's a lot of times, especially when you go to certain tracks, you see rider rider trainer combos. The fact that Stuart Elliott is riding for Asmussen on a Tuesday tells me enough for me to say come back with that horse, especially when Rudy Rudy Guerra is here and he's not on this horse.
0: That's Triple Bold Baby, the number four in race number two. Uh, in the third race, fifteen thousand non-winners of Four Claimers Mile. There, I, uh, you know, I like I have the two who are on top, Cabrera jumping aboard, um, who kind of loomed up and then flattened out a little bit last time out. The you know the four or five I, I'm I'm gonna take a shot against the five in here I think I, I just think this is a horse who's better on the dirt uh, who's better on the turf excuse me and my and will probably get a lot of money on the grass people will see the Oklahoma Derby race in the mix I I'm okay with taking a shot against this one here Are you gonna be you know more more in the stance of singling keying in on this horse or are you gonna be spreading out a little bit?
4: Um I I really don't like the five very much in here Yeah I mean I have them on my tickets because you cannot kind of have to have him in case he comes back to his class from earlier or, or from the middle of twenty nineteen. But I kind of like Asmuson's horse here, Troy Ounce. Stepping down. Yep. Delta Downs, their one mile and a sixteenth is kind of really weird because it's not really a traditional, it's kind of like more of a Pomona racetrack where you kind of have to go two turns, but it's a longer two turns. So I'm I'm kind of gonna throw that race out. You got horses either like that track or they don't. And Elliot's riding instead of usually Cabrera. And then I'm also going to use the horse for that Riley Gridson has in Zip Zap Time. Yep. I think that horse is in such good form right now. And that seven and a half furlong race is usually kind of like the mile race at, at Delta Downs. And he ran huge that day and he's on the inside. So I would probably use the four and the six.
0: Yeah, I'm going to. I have the two with those two. So I have two, four, and six. Well, we're both not. not um... Like Too fond of the five view magic Okay with, with uh, going in a different direction In that one uh, Race number four is 5000 claimers And all winners of three Six furlongs in here And I, I'm Going to be watching this movie soon With my son I'm sure and I'm going to give Rat Tatooey a little bit of a shot here I think she's a little bit her, her race last time out You know what's funny She was 120 to 1 And she was in the race with Papa's girl in the race that Castanuela Who's really really fast uh, ends up winning And she was not far behind Papa's girl in there And Ratatouille didn't have a terrible Didn't have the best of trips She's going to go second off the bench She's going to take a little step forward here Other three I think makes a lot of sense Um, You know looking back at that three back race At Remington You're coming out of a, a couple much much tougher spots I had the six and three kind of as my top tier I, I mean the one is probably The speed of the speed in here Though um, Andy, so where do you stand in this fourth?
4: I kind of like Shanghai Woman. Uh, I've earned in you know, fourth spot, gonna, yeah. She's she's should be closer. Kind of tricky. Right? She's going to be closer. Also, I don't think she wants she wants anything to do with the five and a half furlongs. You know, she she won at at six furlongs back, and then she ran a huge race on the muddy surface two starts back. Uh, Frank Dior you got to use. And as much as Papa's Girl ran a Kind of a good way, race the last time out. I just don't see her going in the right form, so no. I probably wouldn't play her. But I, I, in fact, Shanghai Woman is probably my my single for the day. Is my best bet of the day for yeah. for Wednesday.
0: Yeah, I'll use her in, in a lot of my exotics with the uh, I, I six three one and two, and I think she's going to be. You know, she ha- she showed a little bit of speed, but I just think she's a little bit better with the target. I'd love to see her sit a little. That, that should would be like the perfect type of trip for her And you have one of the best pilots Aboard uh, in, around Sam Houston To try to work out that trip for you Um In race number five This one was one of those Races where I started You know kind of uh, Grab bagging and kind of looking Making cases for everyone so when I do I always try to lean towards a horse who I Who I think is going to be a big price I'll look for the seven in here in some spots Blazing guitar you know That turf form, just go back to the turf form Look at the races at Evangeline They're not bad at all And I, I thought the last effort was actually A decent little race, if you watch it at Delta It's kind of on the front end And then gets, you know, kind of Shuffled back a little bit, and then comes on again Late, so I'm going to give the 7 a look I do respect the 5D Rocketman uh, Quite a bit, who didn't really get Moving until late I have the 10 uh, Patriot in some spots. The one of the two siblings, one on turf, the only one to actually try the turf. Um, the, the two inside horses are very live, so I mean, I, I did I did have a tough time really kind of keying in or singling in on anyone in this race.
4: I went with Reverend AJ. I think he's going to get the perfect trip. He'll probably set off the early speed and then make a late run. And Ron Moquette is winning at such a high rate there at Sam Houston. It's kind of hard not to take. Yep. Take advantage of an eight to one with him. It was just also, kind of
0: speedy too. Yeah.
4: Yeah. And I'm also going to throw in the, uh, t- the Asmussen horse Patriot. Um, I think he's going to be making a late run for sure on this track. And I've also went ahead and used mighty Merle. I think mighty Merle might, might sit a good trip too, just off of the early pace. So I think, I think this race is screaming a price. And to your point with, with Sarah, with uh, Blazing Rockets, Sarah Davidson is on fire right now. So, uh, you know, bet against your own risk as far as that's concerned.
0: Lay pick five starts in race number six here. We have a mile a non-two allowance With a, a favorite entry of Empire of Gold And Irish Silver If they both run in here They do complement each other very well With their running styles Where you have Empire of Gold Who's going to be stretching out from sprints And will likely be right on the lead And then you have uh, Irish Silver Who's showed uh, you know more late running tactics In both sprints there But this is stretching out to a mile um, I did think the entry would be tough in here I guess I'm not really too... Getting too cute in any way, but you know, I thought the six actually did have a little bit of a shot. This is another case where we're looking at the Asmussen Elliott connections, and I'm I'm just like looking and wondering. He hasn't really done a whole lot wrong. He's faced open company so far. He hasn't really run a bad race. He has some speed. He's one going a mile, and he's drawn to the outside. So I'm gonna make sure to to use the six at least in in some of my exotics.
4: I I really like the five. Bring me a check, uh, Brett Calhoun. Didn't do much wrong in his local debut. Came in from Fairgrounds, won like a like a like a early mini favorite. Third place finisher, Clever Union came back to win in in his next start. And then the other horse, I I'm not fond of either the entry. I mean, Irish Silver One because Empire of Gold basically softened up the speed for him to, in his start, and then Empire of Gold caught an easy trap. So I'm not I'm not real fond with either of them. I, I, I really like uh, bringing a check in here and the other Asmussen horse that's Triple Crown nominated. Code, Code Runner.
0: Runner, yeah, I, I think Code Runner is going to be tough too to leave out of the exotics and he should most likely kind of sit. I think I don't think he's as quick as a couple in here, but he'll probably end up working out kind of that like mid pack trip. Uh, in this sixth race, let's move on to race number seven. This was one horse that I talked with Carl Broberg a little bit about last week. I'm a barn cat who came back on three days of rest and won. Most recently, she's drawn to the inside. She's never been on the turf, but she has very, very good speed. I mean, I don't. I think she's going to be quick. I think she's going to be tough. But a horse like this that's never been on the grass, I have a tough time being. Extremely confident about I Kind of like the five Rosie bear I've been waiting For her to get back to the grass I think the Last time she was on the grass sprinting She was going against first level allowance company At Churchill that was just a much much tougher Group so I'm going to make sure to uh, to use the five In a lot of spots
4: yeah I mean If even if you go back to August And July the Arlington races she, yeah those Arlington races and for those unfamiliar With Arlington on the turf those Optional eights are really tough they're Not they're not easy races to win Um I'll tell you one horse that really intrigues me, and I actually told, I actually told Scott Calabrese, if this filly ever runs for five thousand or seventy five hundred, I may try to get an ownership group together to buy her, and that's Lina Rink. She just is such a honest filly, and she has the type of running style you like on this track, and she hasn't caught the turf here yet. And I know she likes this turf course, so you got to use the three. Um, I got to go with the one and the one A. I think both of them are going to be really tough in this spot. But yeah, Rosie Bear also. So those are the three that I used in, yep. in this spot I the, too.
0: I think we have the same thing five one three for me uh in this seventh race. Let's move on to race number eight. This was one of the more difficult races for me. I think, especially in, in the late races, to get a real feel for because I mean, I, they they a lot of them. I thought looked pretty similar you know Mr. Tickle was in really good form um, and he's still in great form. he was a good second last time out. the two outside horses, Dark Arden Deep Explorer seems like he's in a much much better spot in here. the four Ebrio has good speed. you know what you're going to get there I, I, the two excavation may have just needed his first start at Sam Houston. I thought he ran really well man I I'm there are many I could use in here. Which way are you going?
4: I'm going with unbroken song. I really like sure. this, horse, this horse. This horse fits here. Going back to a mile. We talked about Sarah Davidson a little earlier. You know, right now, she can't lose. She won two races over the weekend. You get a rider that rarely rides here, so you're going to get a prize. And if this race goes off, off the turf and goes onto the dirt because of the rain, uh, three or four in the rain, or three or five in the rain. So you got to like that. I, you got to use Mr. Tickle for sure. That that's like a given, and Forgotten Coast is another one you might want to look at too. Who who basically has been running at Delta Downs against some really tough Optional Ten claimers.
0: Yeah, I just uh, to me this was one of the harder races to get a really good a good feel for. Let's jump to the late daily double there at Sam Houston on Wednesday, March eleventh, uh, twenty five non two claimers mile on the turf course there. I'm going to look to the five Or Excuse me, uh, well the five will be on a lot of my tickets Madison's wild one who just had a tough start last time out I think you can put a line through it Back to the grass where she's run well a couple times But I do like the six, Hannah Highway also Um, You know we were just talking about Arlington Uh, I I really like those uh, Arlington grass races including the one going Long behind uh, the June 15th Race, there were three next out winners that day Including the winner who came back to win a stakes race So I have six, five And I I don't want to really completely dismiss The eight, Decorated for gold um. So I'll, I'll probably key in a little bit more on the five and the six here. Where do you go?
4: I go with the three, 11, 10 tee time. Yeah. Uh, and it, you know, this horse won going a mile sixteenth at Oakland Park. But if you go back to her first two, her first two turf races, those were solid races. Uh, you know, the the debut, she showed a little early speed, was sitting off the lead, and then this just didn't much have Much better. Yeah. You know, and then the second race, she. She ran pretty well um, on the turf. And then they kind of had her, Brendan had her doing some other things, you know, trying to dirt, didn't work, you know. Steve claims her her off of the Keelan race, runs her at Turfway Park. Some horses don't like that racetrack, especially when it's cold. Um, If you're not near the lead, you're pretty much in trouble, sometimes, especially early in the meet. And then he takes her over to, you know, Oakland and, she wins and I'm also in agreement With Madison's wild one too
0: And then we will go to Race number 10 Close things out on the Wednesday card The 5,000 beaten claimers they're going to go a mile You know I think in the Tuesday and Wednesday uh, Chatalana have a couple opportunities to get a win I thought the 5 was actually pretty well Spotted in here after coming out of Some much much better races I generally don't like to play Horses like this who's old for their last 16 And they'll win again a lot but if you look at those Races they're just a lot a lot Tougher um, the, and, the, and then after That I mean I'm, I guess I'm pretty Logical in this one the two magic And motion GP makes another Makes sense on the draw perfectly precious Is in really nice form uh, The nine Cat's honor hasn't raced since September, but should probably be coming late on the scene. So I guess I'm not really getting too creative in that last race. How do you close things out?
4: I'm not either. I, I really like uh, Magic Emotion. She's got early speed, or he's yeah, she's got early speed. She'll get to the ra- she'll get onto the rail early on, and you know this distance fits her. She's six of nine from the distance. Kind of hard to go against that type of horse that that's consistently winning at the on this trip. And the other horse I would probably throw in is the 10, perfectly precious. She's one, two straight. Yes, they've been at Delta Downs, but, you know, Tracy Morris knows how to train horses here. And, you know, this horse is nine of 10 at, from this distance in the money. So you kind of have to use that horse as well. So those are the two horses that I keyed in on. Um, and also Cat's Honor, who, who might have a better effort this time out.
0: Andy, I appreciate it. We'll have to get you back on uh, in the next week to couple weeks and talk uh Sam Houston again and and then even when Sam Houston ends, we'll bring we'll, we'll have to bring you back on just to handicap uh, other big cards all throughout the year. Let the folks know out there, where can we follow you on social media? Where can we find you?
4: Well, lately, well, at least today you can find me at three 3rd on Twitter because I've been tweeting up a storm and apparently upsetting acute a few people to where i get phone calls but um, <laughs> you know it really doesn't matter because i'm going to say my piece as far as when it comes to to you know accountability and all that and uh, also you can go to add integrity or you can also go to integrity racing racing and bloodstock.com if you're interested in any bloodstock opportunities as far as broodmares and or uh, ownership groups that we're putting together
0: Andy, I really appreciate it. It's always fun talking races with you, and we'll uh, be chatting again very soon.
4: Thanks, Gino. Have a good week.
0: That's Andy Villanueva there.
4: So a big thank you
0: to Andy Villanueva for coming on. We'll have him on again to talk some uh, some racing soon. I'm going to just quickly roll through some of my plays for uh, for Tuesday. So in race number one at Sam Houston, I have him pegged seven six one. I'm going to use the Seven City on the Nile. I think the speed. She has speed. She can sit. A repeat of the February 1st race wins this. So I'll have 7-6-1 in that order. give you the plays at the end. Uh, In race number 2, I'm going to go 4-1-6-10 in here. Uh, I like the 4. Witsgato, who was hooked wide from the outside, was 4-deep early, was up to challenge right on even terms with the leader and the eventual winner. I thought it was a very solid effort before fading back, and now moves back to the grass. 4-1-6-10. 10 there in race number two. In the third, uh, I'm going to go with the nine horse. We'll put on on, on top in here El Chocolate, who had an inside trip from the rail. It was not bad at all. Just couldn't seal the deal when angling off. Let's put the nine on top of the four. King Bling, who I respect. I just don't know if anyone can really go with him early. He was a step slow and then he squeezed back and rushed up in between to battle. And, and then the six horse in here, Moro Dreams, will be the third. Nine, four, Six, we will include in race number four at Sam Houston. Let's use the seven. Last I Knew, the long shot I just love his turf form in here On February 1st, he was last It was on the grass, it was last time he was on the grass He had a slow start going 5 furlongs He was 10 off, he was dead last He was still last at the top of the lane He angled out widest of all, it was a very nice third Against First Level Allowance Company He has wins at a mile and at 7 furlongs Last I Knew, we're going to put the 7 On top of the 10, Bell Ringer, who we'll use in all exotics The 8 Little Big Man and the three, Shurrell's ready. In race number five, let's go to the number six horse in here, Smiling Cobra, we'll put on top. I have the three, Swanyland in the second spot. I think you have to use in all exotics the the one, if you want to go a little deeper, a Lou Ghost. Uh, the two, Ice Strike. And the four, Buddy Rocket. That's how I've approached race number five. In the sixth race, I think uh, it's a spread out race. I have the four and the eight is kind of my top tier with Joy to the World, who was going to go third off the long layoff, was in between, but was close up and angled widest of all. It really wasn't a bad turf sprint last time out. I think Majestic Queen's the one to beat. Um, so I'll have the 4 and the 8. Underneath them, I'll have the 6, 7, and the 9. The 6, Golden uh, Perry, who has some speed. The 7, Mizana, who should sit nicely. And the 9, Jersey Cut, shouldn't be too far out of it. In race number 7... Um, Wide, wide open As I mentioned, I just don't know who's going to sit The type of trip in here that'll win Let's use the 6, Detroit 66 The 3, CH My Last Dollar The 2, Preferred Prospect uh, The 7, Grady's Cat The 9, Cross Time The 11, With the Speed, Wonders of the Love The 13, Cafe Gold This is just an absolute spread out race for me No strong opinion In race number 8 I'm going to use the number 8 Prancing Missy Tissy on top. This will actually be one of the singles in the late pick 5 for me. We'll use on a different ticket the 9 Laura and Lucas, the 3 Head Over Boots, and the 7 Whimsical Tail. In race number 9, I like the one Macho Flyer. We're going to make a a little win wager on this one. Uh, Got stuck on the inside, was shuffled, was behind horses, was traveling well, just had nowhere to go. And the turf form is good You see 3 for 43 overall But if you, let's just kind of key in on that grass form Macho Flyer The 1, the 7, Disinclined uh, The 8 We'll be using Moro Cool. Then I have the two, Paula's Buddy, and the four if you go a little bit deeper in here. But 178, kind of the top tier in race number nine to close things out in race number 10 with the one, Divine Favor, the long shot from the inside, inside speed, dropping second off the bench. The one to catch, we'll use the nine along with that one. 15, Love Black, the three, King Tolmi is in the third spot. And then the eight if you're going to go a little bit deeper. Hardly seen slim, but I'm fine with one nine or even one eight nine and taking a shot against Tolmy if you want to do so there in that final race. So for race uh, for Tuesday's card, let's play an early pick five now with the one six and seven, with the one four six and ten, with the four and the nine, with the three seven eight ten, with the three six. And we'll play a separate ticket where it's one six seven with one four, with four six nine, with seven ten, with one two three four six. In the sixth race, pick fives. I'll just give you pick fives because if you want to play pick fours, pick threes, you can just you know cut out the one leg, cut out the two legs, and 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 play them. uh, Or or, you know if you have to shorten up, you can tell how I've ranked the horses in order. Sixth race, pick five four eight with two three six seven with three seven eight nine with one seven eight with one nine, and then another pick five four six seven eight nine with two three six seven nine eleven thirteen with the eight with the one two four seven eight with the one three eight nine. Horses to use throughout the day. In the first race, the number 7, City on the Nile. Second race, the number 4, Wits Gato. Fourth race, the number 7, Last I Knew. Eighth race, the number 8, Prancing Missy Tissy. The Prancing Miss Tissy. The ninth race, the number 1, Macho Flyer. And the tenth, the number 1, Divine Favor. Let's move on over to Wednesday. Wednesday. Get your past performances out. March the 11th. We'll begin six furlongs on the main this is a rough race. I just don't have a. It's hard to really love or have a strong opinion. But the five Mula Echo, I guess if you watch the race, he had a slow start from the inside. He got stuck in a tight spot. He tried to push through, but he had nowhere to go. He was on a good racetrack, uh, on an off racetrack. And now he's going to get, you know, more to the middle of the pack. I think the five is the one to beat in here. Let's go 5 1, 6 3. That's the order of how I think they're going to finish in race number one. The second race, the one is brightest. He's coming out of a, she's coming out of a tough race. The third place finisher just came back to win a maiden special weight that she exits, and, you know, down on the rail she's going to be forced a little bit to go. The five is Silver Coin, who was squeezed back at the start, who was last of nine, um, was, you know, able to kind of get into the race Middle move within a couple lengths. Had to go widest of all with six wide. And then flattened out a little bit late. I'm just going to use those two. I'll use the five and the one. And some of the early exotics. And silver coin might be worthy of a win wager if you can get like eight to one or so. Because the way brightest gets beat is it's if there's other speed in this race. Like the four triple bold baby who ends up pushing brightest. And maybe one of the two outside horses end up pushing brightest. And then it sets up for silver coin to come from off the pace a little bit. In race number three... The 2 future abundance I have on top um, He had a good start, he sat 5th He was 3 off, he was in between He kind of loomed up into contention But he was a little flat late It was not a bad effort at all So I'll use him on top The 6th horse we'll have in the 2nd spot That's Troy Ounce Who's just coming out of a tough 1st level allowance I think a race that he probably needed He should be much better in this spot The 4, zip zap time I, I wonder, can he sit I'm okay with playing against the five, view magic. But can the four sit a little bit in here? I hope so, because he might have to. Let's go two, six, four. In race number four, I like the six. Rat tattooey. he's a little quicker. Uh, She's a little quicker than it seems on paper. She had a good start. She was right up with the leader. She was inside. She was chasing the speed. She was just a half length off. And then she was on the inside. She got shuffled. She came on again. Rat tattooey. we'll put on top. We'll use the one, or the three, Frankie Dioro in the second spot on the drop, the one giving kisses, the speed of the speed, and the two Shanghai woman um, underneath. So six one or six three one two in race number four. Fifth race, wide open. Let's use the bomb. Blazing guitar on top. Horse was hustled for the lead. Got to the front. Uh, was inside on the lead in going into the turn, and then was battling on the front end. But he he got he was down on the rail, and he ends up getting shuffled. And on the inside, and he comes out again. It was it was a weird race. I was really impressed by it. And he's got some nice turf form to call back on. He moves back to the grass. Let's put the seven blazing guitar on top. The five in the second spot, Rocket Man. The ten we'll use in, in most of the exotics, Patriot. And then behind them the two Mighty Myrtle, the one Cowboy Breeze, and the four Reverend AJ is deeper to use depending on how deep you go in your exotics. Sixth race. I do think the 1 gives you a good uh, 2-for-1 with the entry. Empire of Gold, the speed part of the entry. The 1A Irish Silver will come running late. The 3, Code Runner, probably the class of the field, will try to come uh, and get them all late. And then the 6, Pastor Van, I think I'm going to use in most exotics. I just don't really have a a whole lot against Pastor Van for some top-notch connections. So 1A 6-3 is how I see this race. In the 7th race, the 5 is where... I'll go. I've been waiting for Rosie Bear to get back on the grass. She fits very nicely in here. Um, look at the last couple of times she's been on the grass. There was a first level allowance at Churchill that was against much much tougher. And then the Arlington races, they, they were good. She's just finally back to sprinting on the green. I'm a barn cat. The speed from the inside, she'll be tough to run down. And then Liner rink, the 3 getting back to the grass. So 513 in race number 7 and we go to race number 8. I'm going to put the 9 on top in here, but this is one race that I just don't have a very strong opinion at all, Deep Explorer. So I'll go 9. The 2, Excavation is a price. Um, The 1, Mr. Tickle loves to win races. The 8, Dark Arden. And the 4, Ebrio will be horses to kind of keep an eye on what their prices are and to include in some of the exotics. Race number 9, we'll go with the 6 horse, Hannah Highway. I... I'm looking back at the career best effort And it's on June the 15th, it's at Arlington Park It's going long on the grass She's in a race where there were three next out winners Indigo Gin was a next out stakes winner The 5th place finisher came back to win a first level allowance And the 7th place finisher won a 29-2 next out Hannah Highway hasn't been on the grass a whole heck of a lot But when she has been, she's been good I'm going to give Hannah Highway top billing in here Madison's wild one, stumbled, missed the start And then just never had a shot Uh, Last time we saw her on February the 25th This was a good spot for her She's going to be really tough in here with what she's done on the grass The 8, decorated for gold Is a logical contender The 3, 11T time So nothing too outside the box in here But of all of them, I do prefer the 5 and the 6 And in particular, the 6 And then we close things out in race number 10 I'm going to go with the 5 on top in here Back to dirt Dropping in class, this is just a much much better spot for a horse who's been a little bit overmatched. The two magic in motion, another one who's getting you know a cl- getting class relief and should run a lot better in here. The ten, perfectly precious, looking for a third in a row, and the nine cats honor late on the scene. So nothing too crazy, nothing too outside the box. The price plays that I have are a little earlier on in the card um, at Sam Houston. So let's go through the uh, the way that we will be playing. This Sam Houston Wednesday card for March 11th, first race pick five. We're gonna go one three five six with one five with two four six with three six with two five seven ten. Play another pick five where you single the five in the first with one five with two four six with one two three six with one two four five seven ten. Sixth race pick five, single the one to start with the one three five with the one two four eight nine with the three five six eight with the two five nine ten. And another another attempt on at a pick five with a one-three six in the race number six. One five in the seventh, one two nine with five, six, eight with two, five, ten. Horses to keep an eye on throughout the card. First race, the number five Moolah Echo will be singling in some of the early pick fives. Race number two, the five silver coin. Race number three, the two future abundance. Race number four, the six Rat Tattooey Race number five, the seven, blazing guitar, and race number seven, the five. Rosie Bear In the ninth, The 6th Hannah Highway Thanks for tuning in To this episode of That's What G Said Appreciate it We'll be back later In the week Where we cover some Of the weekend racing We're going to have Caleb Keller on To talk about Some college basketball We're going to have Keeneland Dan on To talk some college basketball Craig Milkowski Will be on To discuss the Rebel And some of the Oaklawn Park Stakes races On a big weekend Coming up at Oaklawn Where we're going to see Nadal And Basin And Silver Prospector And uh, no parole So Really looking forward to this weekend coming up. Thanks to John Stetton. Thanks to Andrew Champagne. Thanks to Andy Villanueva for their interviews. Make sure to subscribe, rate, review, download anywhere that you can. Give us uh, the little five-star ratings and let your friends know about that's what G said. Here's one of my friends, Joey Cleveland. Take it away.